0: Hey, everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse our podcast.
1: That really does never get old that the fact that Nolan North from the Uncharted series is the one that introduces you to my podcast, that's so, so cool. I'm such a nerd. But welcome, nonetheless, but, uh, well, I should be a geek, really, considering i have having a, a podcast called Geek Apocalypse, so would be foolish if I wasn't. But welcome along, although, although we're not going to be taking the world over, so don't worry. Uh, but Welcome along to episode 106 of the Geek Apocalypse podcast. You're truly welcome, uh, if you're a fellow regular listener, or if you're a new new person you're very welcome uh please do consider subscribing to us on iTunes and uh tweeting about us or whatever you want if you want to follow us on Twitter you can do so at, at geek underscore apocalypse where we will answer forthright with some loveliness and some geekiness and some free hugs uh, is is plenty um, but yeah, uh, a huge apologies for the fact that this episode has been delayed, and I'll explain why. We've recorded the pilot for our web series we're working on called Looking Forward to Failure. You can find it at, at LFTF Series on Twitter, so please do consider following that and uh, supporting that when it comes out soon. Um, so yeah, we did that a couple of weeks ago, went very well. We're currently obviously in post production. And yeah, I really, really had fun, but then I got sick for at least a couple of weeks on and off, so I've been feeling horrible, and I've only really this week sort of felt better, which is a good thing, because we're going to be going to FCD this weekend, which is a Star Trek convention, so I hope to see some people there, Um, but yeah, so uh, that's going to be in the next few episodes, obviously we're going to be doing a live podcast there, but uh, yeah, so, uh, I got ill, so there's apologies for this delay, so this one, as well as Kit Cox one in episode 107, will be released sort of back to back very very soon so in terms of this episode this is with uh, Katarina jorgensen she's from denmark i met her for the twitch channel because she's a fan and she mentioned she draw she drew 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 she oh she draws i don't know she draws is the best way of saying it i guess and uh yeah and i admire anyone that can draw and we were actually looking for someone to draw for chloe our character and in this series we just mentioned and she says and she sent us some stuff she sent us some like um you know portraits of um Of felicia day and stuff like that and she's a phenomenal drawer so i was like you should come on the podcast and talk about you know helping us out and about the drawing and about and about the fact that you're danish which interests me so it's a very international podcast this week and yeah so she's super super cool so i talked to her for a couple of hours and i easily could have talked to her longer but she had things to do so so yeah we talk about obviously the drawing technique how to create a character just from a drawing which i find endlessly fascinating um, about her cooking because she's a very keen cook. About a boyfriend. About family life. About generational gaps. It's a very very geeky based show. Um, the right r- difference between a writer and an artist, which is also interesting. If you if and uh, if you want to know about her, she's called Tony Cat. Uh, so you can find her on Flickr on on uh, Twitter and on Facebook where you can find all our drawings and stuff, so please do support us, she's super super awesome and a huge shout out to Team Humans as well because we're both members, but this is episode 106 with Katrina Jorgensen, Katarina, enjoy! Well, you you're already winning on me with me on that one because look at my my unkempt beardness. I was debating what I'm going to do with it, where I'm going to like shave it for the series in two weeks. But there you go.
2: But yeah, I have to do a new portrait.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. No, no. Well, that's what I mean. I was thinking. I I I felt bad, so I'm going to have to keep keep it. I I might just trim it and keep it like as a beard, so that I just don't feel bad because we're definitely going to use your 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 picture because. And i know this is like going to be a completely unnatural starting point but let's go with it is that uh um when when we would do it we were obviously going to be doing rehearsals at the weekend and one of the things that we realized about the particular scene that we wanted to use that that bit in is that it solved a problem with that particular part of the scene um because we were going to rewrite it anyway because when we did it even in auditions um, it's a very serious scene. It's kind of pivotal to mine, my and Chloe's character in terms of people sort of... It's hinting it that we have a very, you know, very close friendship. And I was trying to figure out a way of how to do that without making it obvious, but go for, for someone to go, oh, that's really, like, sweet, and why is she, like, so nice to him? Like, because it leads to what did he do like you know because he he, because the whole point is my character i'm hoping comes across as a bit of a prick (laughs) and i mean that the nicest way like a lovable prick like he's just someone who he's just someone who is so like frustrated with life that that you kind of like going okay he's a little bit like harsh to people but when he reveals why he's angry i'm hoping people are gonna go oh i see i see why I, i see the frustration he has and uh so we thought oh let's so the way i got around that scene I was, i'll probably not even use this cuz it's a really long with introduction is just um we wanted to i thought oh she gives him that that um that sketch of of the stencil and says oh this is me and i didn't even i didn't even need to like look at a picture of you i just remembered what your face looked like I'm like, how like powerful a line that would be, and just that she gave him it because the whole idea is we've just graduated. So she's like, I wanted to do something really special because I met you through this process, and and she goes, this is like seems a perfect time to give you it because you're really like you're really in a not a good place, and um and yeah, I thought it's like a really good way. I'm tr- we'll obviously need to figure out how to do it to not make it like obvious that that, that there's a thi- there's a thing going on, but um but uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so just... Yeah,
2: it's always hard to, to you have to make figure out how much is going to be in body language how much is going to be in the lines how you're going to show it
1: well I'm I, I, uh, yeah I, I completely agree with you and I think one of the things we're figuring out camera wise is how to do that because um i seem to be really good at that it seems to have come across when people who have been reading even people who aren't involved in it anymore said i seem to have a very good way of of showcasing body language um um but it's something because it's something i read about in books which is really fun i think that um i wrote a blog about this for fairly recently that something like is it something like ten percent? I I can't remember the the statistics, but it's like ten or twenty percent of communication, which is why I think us being on camera is good. Yeah, twenty percent of it or something is just verbal is um, verbal communication. The rest of it is from body language and um, you know, eye contact and uh, and you know.
2: Yeah, we we read a lot of things uh, when we just stand in front of a person. It's mm-hmm. like. Uh, Their entire uh, intentions about us when we talk to someone is like... uh, You can see it in the body language. I'm extremely fascinated by this because I mainly draw characters. Yeah. And and that's uh, body language all the way trying to figure out how to express sadness without Mm -hmm. words. How to express uh, rage or... Yeah. So... Favorite subject?
1: Definitely. No, I, no, that's that's actually really good. Um, you know, I that actually got me fascinated about it from a drawing point of view because I can obviously think about it certain ways as being a writer, especially with writing this, and also you know we would. Um, I was just talking to ha, actually before we get to that. How do how um, just so I get it right for the rest of the show? How do you say your first name? is it Katharina.
2: Um, it, Danish is a very hard hard language, so uh-huh. it's Katharina.
1: Katarina. Okay. Yeah. Very hard. Okay. Katarina. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah is, it, is it is it Dan- is it the Danish version of Catherine?
2: Um, I'm. My mother named me after the Serena of Russia.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How very like like was it like royal? It's, uh, that sounds quite royal.
2: My, I have uh, my older sister. Her name is Victoria, mm-hmm. named after Queen Victoria. Yeah. And then I've got this Tony as my first name. Uh, which is quite different than the Catherine because uh, I'm named after a male farmer they knew who died a year before I was born.
1: <laughs> oh well, you know you can't win them all. <laughs> but no, that's actually really cool. Though I I I, 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 um, I I love it when people when people pass on stuff. You know, it's something. Uh, it's something I spoke to some of my oldest friends. Not that long ago, where um, I actually like, like I think that the last time I brought it up was like a week ago because um, uh, Hesse is not my real surname. It's it's an abbreviated version of my surname um, because I joke with people all the time, and I, you have a you, you you know if 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 I may say so, and I'm not just being nice because you're on my podcast. Is um, you have a very you know pretty sounded name in in, in my opinion, but um, but I never liked my name. Uh, it's what I'm leading to is that um, I don't particularly li- um, just to give you a little quick quick example of that one of the rules for the web series for all the cast and crew is that they can't call me Steve because <laughs> I hate it so damn much like I really hate Steve I don't know I don't particularly know why um, but I just really don't like it I'm not that fond of Steven um, which is why when I, when when people started abbreviating my surname because it's like a shortened version of my surname Hesse. Or Hess is is what my really old friends call me. Is that um, I much prefer that because it's almost like I came up with my own version of my own name. Um, my middle name's Craig, which is what my sister wanted to call me, and I've always felt like if I was going to be any of my names, I think I I suit I look more like a Craig than a Stephen. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what everyone says. Um, so you know, you know, but yeah, but if I had like a son, I'm interested to know what you think because. I want to sort of ask you what you think of your name. Are you, are you always, like, happy with it? But I, if, if I have a son, I want to call him Joshua. It's like a, it's a reveal. It's a reveal. I always wanted to be called Joshua growing up, but, um, but there you go. Uh, are you, like, sort of happy with your name based on what you just said?
2: Well, I am now.
1: <laughs> based on my name, yeah. yeah. Thanks but very I, much, uh, I feel. I, I feel... am now, but
2: when I was younger, I wasn't very happy with my name because uh-huh. my first name is a boy's name. And oh, right. uh, because I've, uh, most of my interest when I was younger I was a classic 80s geek it was comic books and as a girl I preferred to climb trees mm-hmm. uh, or go welding or woodworking or something like that to doing girl stuff yeah. I was really like Ugh, I'm not going to do anything like that running around in dresses and stuff like that <laughs> so I was uh, called a boy a lot and then when I became a teenager you kind of don't want to be a boy no of course yeah so um and and katarina it's more of a common name today it it wasn't really a very common name Mm -hmm. uh, back then and uh being a geek having an uncommon name two uncommon names (laughs) for a girl in a very small rural area uh it kind of makes you stand out Mm. um and especially when you're not into playing soccer like everyone else else doesn't. I was going
1: to say, um, being that I'm a being that I'm a soccer fan, and looking at yeah. your surname, Jorgensen's a very popular, a very common footballer's name for Danish footballers. Um, so yeah, I, I, I once you, once I saw your surname, I was like, oh, I know how to spell that because there's quite a lot of Jorgensen's, yeah, uh, in football. So yeah,
2: it's yeah. a very classic uh, Danish surname. It's like Smith or or Jones or something like. And that. And to show
1: that I'm not, just in case anyone you know does email me or tweet me afterwards, claiming that that's not that I don't know any soccer, um, I could name uh, Martin Jorgensen, and uh, he had a brother called Mad Jorgensen. Martin Jorgensen's had like something like a hundred odd cats for, for 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 Danish football, so he was a pretty good footballer so paid for like Fiorentina and a few other people just in case anyone's going oh because you know but, you know whenever you like I'm sure you'll appreciate this whenever you sort of claim you're a geek the, there's quite a few that are willing to say well really are you a geek because you name a subject and go does he really know what he's talking about I'm like no I, I actually do so I just wanted yeah, to prove.
2: geek shaming is really annoying actually.
1: yeah
2: I mean because it doesn't matter it, it's like uh it doesn't it annoys me when people use it against others. I don't feel really hurt if people use it against me because I've been a geek for so long now, so yeah. no one can take my geek card away from me. Of course, no. Yeah. It's an age thing, so mm. if you just stick to it in the end, no matter what, you, that's going to be who you are, mm. if that's who you it's are. Ba-
1: it's basically... Yeah, it's such a good point because... It's basically not about how much you know something. it's just how much you like like the thing like it, it the passion really you have for it. Yeah it really yeah exactly. it doesn't matter. Like I get so frustrated with people like because you know I'm friends with a lot of people who run um, Star Trek podcasts. Uh, in UK like they run like the fan sites over here and various other things you know and, and I'm obviously a huge Star Trek fan I have a start I have the um
2: I think I've seen everything Star Trek yeah
1: oh great okay well you're in good company then uh, and uh, yeah so I obviously showed uh just for the benefit of the audio I just showed my um oh, Star Trek okay. Voyager and um, my Star Trek Voyager tattoo and I I'm a, I'm a quite a big anorak to that um but but one of the things that frustrates me with certain Trekkies uh, is that they have the sort of approach of that if you don't know like the name of an episode, for example, you're not a true Trekkie or all that kind of thing, and I just find that so pe- 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 you know pathetically insignificant because yeah. it's not about sort of knowing every little bit of trivia. Because if someone comes to me like I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example of that, but I'm sure there was somebody told me something about a show that I really liked. And it was a really good bit of trivia that I thought, I, sh- I was like thinking, I probably should have known that. But the fact that my friend went to the trouble of telling me, to me, is the much more important thing than knowing it myself. You know what I mean? Because they actually came to me and said, oh, Stephen, I want to
2: yeah make like, sure they know you'd be
1: interested. Yeah. And it's it's not- part
2: of who you are.
1: Yeah, instead of going, oh, oh, idiot, you don't know this about me. <laughs> It's like... <laughs> Yeah,
2: that'd be a bad approach.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, you you don't know this. You call you call yourself a geek. How dare you? Yeah, um, but that's that's really interesting. But um, yeah, I actually, so I
2: actually think that's kind of funny because um, when I grew up, nobody wanted to be called a geek. Hmm. No, but not even geeks. So it was like, if anyone called you a geek, you were like total outside everything. Yeah, um, it was a derogatory term. Yeah, yeah, it was a very yeah. derogatory term. While today it's like, oh, you can't be geek enough. And I'm mm. like, yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah, it's exactly like completely flipped. It's now, it's yeah. now, uh, it's now the other thing. Of you got you, you're, you're not geeky enough. Like, yeah, it's
2: like, why don't you have every comic book <laughs> ever read? Well, I moved like thirty times in my life, so I haven't had the <laughs> opportunity <to> move it. <laughs>
1: Could you, like, I don't mean to be sort of. Um, Flippant with this, and I'm obviously joking. But I just was laughing at the idea when you said that that the bullies are like in the 80s when, oh, as you, I know you said you you were growing up then. Like the 80s are like hitting you, going, "You're a geek, and I hate you." Now, like they're punching people, going, "You're not geeky enough." (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: that's just crazy. But it it makes it very
2: hard for me to take that uh, kind of trolling seriously. Yeah, it's like I, I can't help smiling that it's become the cool thing to be mm. so because i imagine
1: you know because you told me before this started that you sort of you know were a geek of the 80s so yeah. i imagine because you know i have two older siblings who would probably say the same thing they don't really qualify themselves as geek probably for that reason that they still feel it's kind of that that it's sort of secretly not allowed to be revealed but um would you say you know it's you were you were always a geek and you kind of can't help it, which is kind of what we're touching on—is that you can't help what you love and, and like, and it just happens to be geeky subjects. That's kind of
2: the—that's kind of never, the point. I mean, everybody wants to be popular, especially when you're a kid and mm. especially when you're a teenager. But even though I tried to get involved in the stuff that all the popular kids were doing, it just never really turned me on. Mm-hmm not in, and and instead i could sit down and spend 70 hours on a drawing and that would be like cool i don't see anyone for the next 3 days i am just going to draw this picture yeah yeah. yeah exactly
1: yeah i mean it's a very
2: introverted um, thing for me i think
1: it's all, it's all, i always find it, um you know in terms of being extrovert and introvert it's something that i always find sort of really interesting about um the way people perceive like people's personalities that they kind of pigeonhole you to be one thing or the other. Like, so they'll pigeonhole you to be like, because if anyone sort of meets me, uh, I, I you know, I can always speak for myself and I want to, I want to know what kind of your, what in your experience, what you, what you're like is because I usually find that you kind of a, a combination of the two. Um, because I always like what Mike Myers, who did Austin Powers said that he's like a psych extrovert and then an introvert the rest of the time. Yeah. and i'm definitely that and i actually think a lot of geeks that pretty much describes what it what most geeks are like is that socially in a geek sort of geeky environment quite a lot of geeks have a very good innate ability to um to communicate well and to socialize with cuz it's about cuz it's usually that's why like at conventions if you, you see geeks being oh, yeah. being like so eccentric because they're given the freedom to express their love, and they're not afraid of showing it in places like that. And they're actually, in some ways, more sociable than regular people in that in that sense. Um, but obviously, they can get very introverted if you put them in if you put people in certain situations. And like you were touching on, withdrawn, and we'll obviously talk more about that uh, throughout the show. It's just just that you know, for me, it's like for me, it would be music. I, I've never really showcased my music outside of you know my partners or 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 anything like that or or certain close friends that i'll go i'll show them my song i mean obviously i I did actually the theme music for this web series so i'm probably breaking that now but um so so like is that sort of it because you you mentioned obviously you're drawn um and and obviously i imagine there'll probably be other stuff in the 80s you did that were quite introverted was that kind of the reason that it was in Reverted? Because you felt if you expressed it in the urban society, you would be sort of mocked and... Um,
2: and... It, it's definitely a part of it, because uh, I remember when I mean, I started, for instance, I started doing Dungeons & Dragons when I was like 14.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and later on, uh, it, it was a period where I, I was one of the first girls I ever met who role played I mean there were really a so, lot of girls involved so one of the I reasons met. why I
1: wanted to get more women on the podcast yeah. is because it's it's amazing how often that comes up with the people I talk to who are like women who do creative things is that yeah. um, they often tell a story of first time they ever played Dungeons and Dragons they were like the only girl that they knew that did it and that yeah. now I probably don't... It's kind of funny to say, but in my small committed circle of people that I really care about, I I probably don't... uh, There's very few girls I know that don't roleplay.
2: Yeah, Um, I think that's awesome with the people who are younger than me that I can see that... um, Yeah, progression. The the progression, everything's Mm -hmm. changed. Like I was a total geek when I started LARPing, Mm -hmm. uh, and later I got a job doing laughing with kids (laughs) exactly yeah so so the thing that everybody joked about about me when i was younger is it's all turned into work qualifications later on Mm. so being a geek is apparently a good thing
1: yeah i mean Um. uh it's sort of helped it's um it's helped me a great deal i mean i think um i think it goes along with the premise of Um, it's something that I sort of learned particularly at university and I think it's what university sort of teaches you if nothing else is that having like sort of a a genuine intellect and knowledge about a variety of things is far more useful than being uh, uh, you know I guess sort of I mean there's obvious obvious exceptions but I guess what I'm saying is sort of like a master of of one thing because if you usually pick like what if you pick one particular field in your life and then that's just like what everybody picks as a job and you might just be one of the unlucky ones that doesn't um that doesn't get the ch- that doesn't get the chance because there's too many people wanting to do the same thing whereas if you have if you have you know varying degrees of skills and different things then you might be able to you know get your foot in the door via an alternate route uh, and i think a lot of geeks have so many like interests and in in, ho- in hobbies that leak into what they want to do for a job or career
2: i, I that it helps have them. to say i think i've been called to several job interviews simply because the people were curious about yeah. my uh interests mm. and and how that connected
1: i'm not surprised uh, to hear that that makes sense yeah yeah what one particular was it like did they see like your drawings or anything or was it just like variety of stuff
2: it, it's a variety of stuff because um on, on one hand i uh, i'm i like the intellectual stuff yeah. uh i'm I'm a computer scientist. I love algorithms and oh, wow. advanced math, math and stuff like that. It's like, uh, it's a problem. You, I can see it in my head, and then I try to figure out how to solve it. I'm, I'm not much of a coder. I'm more to like uh, solving a specific problem. What would you have to go through of steps? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's kind of the riddle you have to solve? And yeah. then Someone else can write the specific code for that language for that specific platform mm-hmm. To me, it's more like uh, the mystery of solving stuff. <laughs> nice. And and it's the same thing with tailoring and and drawing. It's because there's something I, th- there's like a mystery I want to solve. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. That's the biggest mystery. How, yeah, how yeah. do you do this? And I al always had this attitude that if another human that wasn't uh, like a genius mm-hmm. could do a thing. Then I should be able to do it too mm-hmm. it's then it's just a question about saying yes to the challenge and starting up and doing it
1: yeah it's the uh, it's it's something I said to the to the producer of of our series because uh, one of the things that people never like look like i guess plan for whenever you do something because you know I did a pilot for this like two years previously. And then uh, the reason I'm bringing uh, this sounds like I'm bringing up the web series again, just for the sake of it. I'm just saying it's <laughs> okay. a very, it's a very good example. This is a very good example because it's happened very recently. Is that when you ever you work on a project or you work in a career, like like you just said, whenever you work on something to that like passion or level or what what you know, or, or on a talent, I guess, is no one ever sort of tells you or prepares you, and you it's very difficult to prepare. For when it all goes like horribly wrong, or when there's like yeah. obstacles in the way, because um, uh, this is known within the, the you know, I, I'm very sort of open about this, but we actually had a different director uh, that that we decided to part ways with because he just became too difficult to work with, and it was affecting my 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 like want to do the series because I felt so stressed about. Fixing that problem when realizing the way I doubt, the way to deal with that problem is to get the get the take get rid of the problem. Um, and it's because I'm too nice a person sometimes that I'm like going, well, you might change, you might change, you might change. Uh, it it. But the point I'm saying is that uh, like the week before that, I'm thinking, oh, everything's like going so brilliantly well and all this sort kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden something quite. You know, if someone looked on that on the outside and went, oh, the director of a project who's been working on this for about a month and a half has just decided to go, I'm not... You know, we've sort of mutually went, this isn't working out, and they've left. People would be like, oh, well, that means the project died? And I'm like, it took it took me some time to to figure everything out. But then I was like, okay, let's not make this project die. Um, and I guess I've just shown that as an example of where people... Within the project, we're like freaking out going, What are we going to do? And I'm like, Don't worry, I will, I will, I will figure this out. Like, because it lives and dies with me. So I'm like, We will, I will make this work. Just everyone continue what they're doing and um, we'll, we'll figure this out. So, um it, that's really hard to keep, keep going. That's the thing that tests whether you want to do it or not because you sit there and go, Oh, I can't, I don't need the stress. Like, I'm the one that's deciding to do this. But then, as you said, um, it, it's all about the, the the actual wanting to do it in the first place and reminding yourself of why you did it, um, which which is like really really hard to remind yourself when you when you're in when you're in it is that oh yeah why did I draw why did I <laughs> why did I start this thing in the first place? Well, actually,
2: yeah. the internet uh, helped. Me. I I hadn't drawn for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh really? Yeah, and then uh, what, what,
1: what 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 do you mind asking me why or asking you why or?
2: when I was younger i I really wanted to do something with drawing, but uh, I'm from a family that ha- has had a lot of issues,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and my life kind of always got filled up with all these issues and trying to help other people out and fixing stuff and yeah and it wasn't even that people were particularly asking me to. it was just kind of a role I took on mm. um. And then I, um, I kind of I found my boyfriend twelve years ago, <laughs> and uh, he got me back on the internet. I hadn't I, I went I was on the internet a lot in the nineties mm-hmm. uh, when the internet started up in in Denmark hmm. for real. dial <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. dial-up, and sitting at home writing your HTML codes on paper, swinging yeah. them and then. Hmm. Mother, mother, stop! It.
1: Don't ring anybody. I'm on the internet. Yeah. So, no. yeah. uh,
2: But when I met him, uh, he was a lot into gaming, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun." And the internet is a lot of things has happened since I've been there last. And then mm. um, I, I kind of found some communities. Uh, the first community was um, the Vlog Brothers, uh, Hank and John Green, okay. and it, it was kind of. The positive attitude of the community that I was responding to, Mm -hmm. and uh, then Hank Green did um, a cover of Felicia Day's um, "Do You Want to Date My Avatar?" Oh, yeah. I thought I thought I
1: recognized the name. I was trying to remember where I was from. Yeah, okay. I
2: was like, "What? What is this? What is this?" The Guild, and Mm -hmm. I sat down and I watched it, and I got the wildest platonic crush on Felicia Day for what she's been doing. Mm. Uh, sat down and listened to a lot of the things she talked about. And one of the things she talked about was this thing with embracing your weird because I've kind of pushed a lot of my geekdoms aside to fit in and get a normal job, get the education, get all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd stopped doing theater and a lot of the stuff I've done and then I've picked up a condition so I'm walking with a, a cane most days and stuff like that now. So the internet is like a way to be able to get out with some of this stuff without having to move around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Sort of helps <laughs> with the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and um, I, I sat down, and watched Felicia Day, and then I did a portrait of her from one of the shows, mm-hmm. and I think I posted it on Twitter. And I was like amazed by the, the response I've got on it. So yeah, it's yeah. Like, okay, um, someone's actually interested in what I'm doing. Yeah. And I mean, I live in the countryside in Denmark, so my drawings, usually if I want to use them for something besides the internet, I can give them to my mom. Mm-hmm. And, and she's got like a mountain of them <laughs> <land up> somewhere. <laughs> so the fact that I can do stuff that Uh, other people can use that's
1: really awesome yeah and the fact that what 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 i find so interesting about i am what when you first and i guess you've you, you you would have thought about this way more than i have but when you first started drawing you probably wouldn't have been able to do like what you did for me where you basically sent a bunch of stuff in the post because it was either not possible or like too expensive or you know, that kind of thing. and it's... Yeah, When
2: I was a kid, there was no internet. Yeah. I mean, I exactly did. Exactly, yeah. When I was like eighth, eighth grade, I did the. F- they had computers in my school finally, and <laughs> I did a Commodore 64 programming. Yeah. Programming, Commodore finding, 64 had...
1: was one of the first um, Yeah. computers I ever used, yeah. So, uh.
2: So, uh, and so, and so an, and if a... you ah. wanted to find people with the same interests, there was like one other person in this entire area. And and he wasn't part of, of my social group, mm. so <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was. What also makes me laugh is that you can you can apply that to so many different aspects of life. You know, you can do everything on the internet now. That you know, I, I'm wanting to. You know, like there's a bunch of random items I'm gonna need for the recording, and so I could just go on like I don't know, like Amazon or something like that, yeah. and just look at pictures, but because it's something that means something to me it's not like i'm doing it in a sort of for personal reason so like i could go on like i could go and get like find a t-shirt and buy it for myself knowing that i know what my tastes are but it's like for whatever reason i just feel compelled to actually go to a high street and actually look through things because i actually want to see what i'm buying um but the point i'm making is that you know, it's almost like, you know, if we said to people in this generation, I'd say in the, in, who are teenagers now, for example, and we were like, oh, you have to go out and like find a girl to go out with, or you've yeah. got to find, you, or, or a boy to go out with, or you've got to find, you had to go and find your friends on like street corners, or you had to go to youth clubs, or...
2: Hang um, out at the local sports hall. Yeah,
1: and play, like, yeah, go to, poop, okay. go to pool yeah. halls and stuff, yeah, and... Yeah. Um, was it because like what I want to ask you because obviously the obvious thing to talk about is the sort of culture difference uh, but it sounds like from what you were saying earlier when we got, especially with being geeky that it sounded very similar in terms of because just to provide the context for, for geekiness here um, I'm ashamed to say although it makes sense because it's sort of a survival thing is that I never really fully admitted I was a geek until sort of my I guess when I was around 20 um, because of the the exact thing of I would see geeks who weren't afraid of saying they weren't loved the things they loved and I um, would do the sort of cowardly but survival thing of oh I don't like that kind of thing yeah and, uh, I w- I never bullied anyone or anything over it and I always like you know behind the scenes were like yeah I really do like Star Trek and Stargate and 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 everything else but so it was kind of you know bullied against and i saw it at school which is why i decided not to sort of reveal what i really liked and um, well, how was it like in denmark was that similar and uh particular like where you obviously well i guess and also where did you sort of grow up because you said denmark but it'd be nice to know where
2: um i i grew up on the same island as copenhagen but all on right the west west island mm-hmm. instead of the eastern uh, I say all
1: right. I say all right. Like I know, like yeah. I'm like geography inclined. I, jo- I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think I, I could tell you like the counties of England. D- Denmark
2: is like uh. there's this peninsula Jutland that sticks mm-hmm. up from Germany. Yes. Then there's this tiny island Fun, mm-hmm. and then there's this larger island Sealand, where Copenhagen is. Okay. And uh, I'm on the other side of that island. Okay. So uh, and and it's it, it's really weird because Denmark is so tiny, but. When you live on this particular island and live where I live, you're like, uh, we are like the farmers, <laughs> the farm and industrial area, while yeah, Copenhagen see. sees themselves as very cultivated.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I I'm, can imagine, I, yeah. I,
2: I'm, I'm like a redneck.
1: Mm-hmm. I've always, um, you know how, like, uh, I know Anna's, Anna's like, you know, last time I did a podcast with her, she was talking about wanting to do like a travel show thing. And I always thought it would be fascinating, and maybe you can you can you can at least answer it from your point of view with Copenhagen. Is is I always wanted to do a travel show to compare to go to like obviously it would be like one of these like sort of two year David Attenborough type documentaries, but go to every capital city of every country and see if they if it appropriately. Um, uh, it is an example of the rest of the country that it represents It It It, uh, is. that's the theory that's the reason why i think the obvious the obvious answer to that most people will say no it doesn't
2: we we have a lot of discussion Um, in denmark at the moment because there is like this great divide between people living in the cities and people living in rural areas like i do Mm -hmm. and uh that there is I don't know why it should ever become so super trendy to live in the cities and so untrendy to live what's in reality just an hour's train ride away. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I live just outside the city, and I love uh, uh, outside of a city, and I love it.
2: I, I love having a garden. I mm. love having to be able to have pets and to to be able to afford to buy a house, mm-hmm. which you can do here, and yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that in Copenhagen.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's crazy to think that you could like maybe drive or have some sort of like public transport ten minutes away from a city and it costs yeah. half the amount of money. Yeah, and people are like, oh no, but I want to live in the city. It's like no, I I,
2: I it, tried living in the city. Yeah, when I was like uh, twenty four, I think mm-hmm. uh, that was the in the nineties, uh, late nineties. I went to Copenhagen to study on Copenhagen University. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought I was going to be a psychology major.
0: All right, interesting.
2: Um, I was there for like a semester, and (laughs) I I just couldn't stand it. First coffee. I graduated (laughs) first semester, I got the two exams I had to take, Mm -hmm. and then I was like, I have to get the heck out of here. Um, Because I've grown up, I have a lot of family in Copenhagen. Yeah. And they are like addicted to the pace of the big city, and I'm like, I'm going to go crazy if I don't get to stare at a field where nothing happens.
1: Yeah, oh, I I so, I so understand that.
2: And by um, now I, I live le- next to a lake that's a natural reserve. Oh, that so, sounds, that uh, sounds on, brilliant. Yeah, so on yeah. my way to work on the bus right there, I drive past this beautiful lake where all these wild birds uh, are flocking every brilliant. year and stuff like that. I can't really... I think you have to be really rich to live comfortably in a big city. Mm. You can be less income and live comfortably out
1: here. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the 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 good point you're making though, because it's something I I have I have lived in a, a different different times in my life. I have tried to live in cities, is what you just said, and I, I I always make the argument of which is what you're kind you're basically saying, and I'm just paraphrasing is that you can if you live in a city, you can't make it quiet. Mm. So you've got... You can't have the other side of life. Like, you can't have the thing of the... Like you were saying. You can't just switch it off. No. Um, whereas, if you're... If you on the outskirts of the city, what... Um. Because... Having just got this flat, which is my... Which is my flat now, which I've only been in under a year. And I absolutely adore having my own sp- uh, place and space. Because if I'm ever in the city and it either gets overwhelming or i get bored or or, you know or whatever it is i can just go well steven the solution is you can go home and watch like a couple episodes of orange is the new black and uh and you can be very very happy in your own company and um it's something that's been a real blessing for me because that's something i always struggled with is the ability to sort of be okay my own with my own company but when you sort of put in that environment because of like you know, you, you, you because you're sort of you're being more responsible and growing up about it, and and it's not in the city where every I basically figured out that the city being too loud was the problem. Like because especially with having mental health issues, is that whenever you you, you just want things oh, to I be get, quiet some of the time.
2: Overload very easily.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what is and Just so just so I understand more from your point of view, and for people listening is. What's Copenhagen like? Is it is it a very sort of hip, happening city? Is it always loud? Or
2: Mm, I would actually say that um, when you are from England, Mm -hmm. it's a lot like what you'd experience in England. I mean, the style of the houses is different, but we we are two very similar countries Mm -hmm. culturally. Okay. Um, When when we went to England for the MCM
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, my boyfriend he was really like oh my god everything's like at home
0: I mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> find that's slightly disappointing it, yeah
2: but it's just smaller everything mm-hmm. is smaller here so, yeah. so you have like Nørrebro uh, in Copenhagen that's a bit like uh, the area that would be East End in London where you've got all the cultural uh, mm-hmm. integration happening and, and everything that's there the best food because there's so many cultures and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then you've got like central copenhagen that's more like uh you you know you have your queen's castle we have our queen's castle yeah obviously uh, yeah
1: cuz for those that don't know if you look at the royal history we're we're yes. descended from from, De- yeah. from Denmark so yeah
2: we are very into bread in this yes, yeah
1: i know yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so very so, interesting. and
2: and that is one of the reasons that we have all these cultural uh, similarities is mm-hmm. because there's been so much trading between Denmark and England since the Viking days. It wasn't all looting.
1: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised to hear you say that uh, um, because, for example, I remember Ricky Gervais, the comedian, saying like a lot of English comedians now do Scandinavian tours, I and mean, they say because uh, one of the things that the comedians often get asked like, do they have a European Hour, do they have an um, obviously like sort of changed some of the um references for an American audience for example but that uh, but um Ricky Gervais and a few other Eddie odds is like whenever they go to Scandinavian countries say they pretty much keep their act the same because Scandinavians as as people here listening to this podcast their English is incredible in some, in some cases better than some English people you probably got better English than me <laughs> and 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 yeah he said that they just they understand the references because yeah they they, they their culture is very similar it's like yeah, you, uh,
2: we sorry, watch go, bbc i mean when the is danish, it available in it is it available there it, it's like when the danish public uh network doesn't have their own stuff we mm-hmm. get the bbc stuff oh that's nice so we i i know david Attenborough pretty well <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. oh it's good i'm glad you got that reference yeah well i'm yeah. assuming he does a lot of like worldwide Documentaries and and whatever that yeah. whatever that the the one I um, referenced also, that two year one.
2: everything like Bergerac and weird <laughs> crime shows from Britain well like
1: Bidsomer murders or something
2: yeah yeah we, we, and everything that's um, what Miss Marble is of course <laughs> oh yeah and you know I mean there's also the American influence but there is no doubt that there's there's this sarcasm and irony mm-hmm. that. Has first started uh, up now in the U.S. because mm-hmm. they, when they talk, they're a lot more straightforward. Yeah, uh, while we have a lot of body language and tones in the way we say things.
1: <laughs> well, the, the the common stereotype that uh, the Americans don't get that Europeans do is irony. Yeah, they really don't sort of. And that, but and but sort I of, see
2: that in the younger generations, and I really uh, credit that to the internet and yeah, Netflix and this uh, the the ability to be able to watch uh, things from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a let's just say there's a lot of Anglophiles in America.
0: All right,
1: okay. No, but I, I agree with you because you I guess you were basically saying there that, that that it's it's gotten did better in terms of them understanding yeah. us more and I, I would agree with, I agree on that yeah.
2: uh, the cultural differences in the younger generations
0: mm-hmm.
2: are kind of of course there's c- cultural differences because we are raised by our parents from another generation
0: Yeah.
2: but we also have this common room that's the internet where we share everything Yeah. and um, I, I think it's absolutely awesome, I wish it's been there when I was a teenager and desperate to find other geeks to hang out with <laughs> Uh, in my Well, better later, than,
1: better later than never, I guess is the is the is the approach I, I mean, take now.
2: If, if I've been told when I was a teenager that this would happen, mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Oh no my way. god!" <laughs> I I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> you liar. My Star Trek um, communication <laughs> device.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can show. I'll show you if you want. I am. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Have my.
2: Yeah. Because, uh, it, it it was totally sci-fi when I was a kid. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that's what's so crazy. Isn't that what's isn't that what's so crazy about it? Because like, do, um, what did you kind of you know? Because did you get an influx of um, of of sort of imported shows growing up in the eighties?
2: No, no, we had almost only national TV. So what was uh, the? We got like our first commercial TV station in Denmark in 1987.
1: Wow! Oh, the era—the era was born. Wow! Yeah. So, 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 did you ever get an opportunity, like, to see any sort of sci-fi films from, like, America? Like, I'm thinking um, of like Blade Runner and Alien and all these kind oh, of stuff.
2: Yeah, Blade Runner. I was a big fan of Rodger Hauer. I yeah. still am a big fan of Rod Hauer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Harrison Ford is in the movie, yes. but it's Rod hmm He is the 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 one with the story to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very,
1: I was very fortunate at MCM to meet uh, Edward James. Almost that was, that was. That I was
2: know fun. I had photo ops, but we had to catch a plane, and then it turned out it was so late in the day. It was. Really he rough. actually,
1: yeah, it's on, uh, it's on the YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. But he was, uh, he didn't, I didn't record afterwards. But mm-hmm. he actually came to me and said, like, I'm, you know, thank you for asking me anything that's not Battlestar Galactica, because he was wearing a Battlestar Galactica jacket thing. And I got like three, four questions with him and I just said at the end, you know, you obviously were in um you know, you obviously you were in Blade you were in Black Battlestar Galatica, but, but I but Blade
2: Runner, you were yeah. effective in Blade Runner. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: And I was like, considering considering you I just said to him, like, I know I'm supposed to like, you know, wrap this up, but I really wanted to just quickly ask you, you were in one of my favourite films of all time and you work for one of the big greatest directors ever so what was it sort of like you know could you tell and I just asked him like I've always wanted to ask yourself you know how, how did you think it was going to be a classic film while you were making it and he just said yeah he said it was one of the few sort of scripts he's read where he read it and he was just thinking obviously Ridley Scott was already sort of famous because of the Aliens films but um that he just went yeah when I first read it and saw his sort of vision of how he wanted to do it I was like, this is good, way ahead of its time it's going to be a really good film and he was like, "I just knew while they were making it that you could just you could just feel it was something good There um, was a lot
2: of good stuff in the 80s actually Yeah uh, when- That's why I don't
1: understand why, like, you ever see any people who are from the 80s, like famous people who go they hated growing up in the 80s I'm like, there's a lot of really cool stuff came out of the 80s but, Well,
2: it did, it's, it's just yeah. that there was a lot of uh, I mean, we had all that Cold War stuff. Uh, oh, in, a, yeah, in the early eighties. We had the oil yeah, crisis. Yeah. There, there was a lot of things happening, and our governments were pretty crazy <sighs> Yeah, for for that. for
1: England, it's the, the obviously the Thatcher years. So they were very. Um...
2: Yeah, it, it was a very restrictive, and and there was a lot of paranoia, a bit like with the terrorism threats today, where mm. where people are a lot more scared than they really ought to be.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So um, it, it was some of the same things, so I can understand why the '80s is coming back.
1: Well, I guess also uh, as well as that, there was uh, that for every for every like sort of masterpiece, there was also some terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> terrible. Was stuff. Some
2: really crappy.
1: Movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, not just movies. I was thinking like the thing that everyone the music, always, yeah, the
2: music back then. Yeah, so it was really like ah.
1: That's what I was getting to. Is that you know, for every for every I don't know, like early U two or something, or there is. Um, a Rick Astley yeah. or there is a, 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 is don't know I'm trying to think of, I mean no, no offense to Rick Ashley, he's not the worst example uh, he's not the worst example but
2: I, I'm thinking of some of the female singers from back then like some samantha fox and
1: samantha yes fox. oh samantha fox is a very that's a very Athena good one
2: and her famous swimming pool uh video
1: oh, i'm trying to think of a samantha actually uh, like because uh, i know some, what was one of Samantha fox's songs i'm trying to sort of think of one
2: i can't remember any of the songs because it wasn't really the music it wasn't there about- was
1: there was a video i remember uh, where she's in she's on some sort of um like, Navy boat <laughs> and she's like dancing with like half naked men and like it's just the most stupid uh, stupid video um, you know but yeah so, uh, anyway. no,
2: there wasn't really uh, if, if you go back and look at TV shows and, and things from back then you'll see that there, there wasn't really those meta layers that mm-hmm. we have today yeah today there's almost always one maybe two or three meta layers aimed at different audiences everything was very straightforward when
1: you look at strips from back then also i thought you i thought you mean i i i understood what you meant when you when you described it but i thought you meant in in the 80s it was either shit or really good well
2: you <laughs> could say that you
1: could say that <laughs> instead of like there's people who are like okay or good because of the amount of content that's out here now so maybe i, I guess that, that was what i thought you were going to say but yeah you could probably paraphrase a lot of um, like summarise a lot of stuff in the eighties by going either like great or just plain awful, like, um, right. which is very very funny. But uh, but yeah, so the
2: worst, the worst thing to come back from the eighties that's the clothes
1: Oh I, yeah, I, that's I, true. I
2: simply can't shop at the moment because there's just nothing. It's like so, oh my god, horrible
1: teenage flashbacks. So just to prove that I'm a very good sort of interviewer, because I think if we're doing this as a radio show, this is what I'd say. Ask is so if you were sort of like looking at the clothes in the eighty and going, oh god, I don't want them to bring back what? What then led you to want to be a tailor, and what? What? What got you? fashion wise i guess because was is it was, am i right uh, is that a fair thing to ask is it sort of fashion related or would you say it's it more fashion related yeah it's
2: very fashion related okay um actually it started out with um i grew up poor and i couldn't afford dolls yeah so I made that's my a, own dolls and that's an interesting my, thing yeah and my own uh, the clothes for the dolls hmm. and uh, so i was like Oh, I can't have Barbie, and that's okay because when they finally gave me a Barbie, I was like 12 and decided to cut her hair up and paint her with nail polish and make her into a teenage mutant instead. Good, good so, for you. <laughs> so, and, and also because by then I was used to being able to make my own uh, dolls, mm. and they looked the way I liked them. They, they weren't like standardized. It's
1: stereotypes, yeah, that's the sort of yeah. things that never, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really, really great point. It's uh, it's something that you know when they try to come up with variations of mm. of dolls now, particularly for girls, they come up with variations of stuff, and then you go and um, but it's
2: the same thing. It's
1: a stero- it's a, it, it, yeah, exactly. It's just a manufactured stereotypical. Yeah.
2: It's um, like when you look at action figures and, and sometimes you look at them and think oh, they just painted it a different colour and put his yeah, set yeah. on, and then uh, Spider-Man became this other character. We
1: we, we actually uh, talked about this on the last uh, radio show that I did where we were talking about that they were changing, like, Barbie into different, uh, you know, racial stereotypes. Um, yeah. uh, they were considering doing that, and I was like how instead of just changing Barbie actually just come out with dolls that are different yeah i don't really get the idea of saying that because everyone it's it's, it's clearly because to me we were basically making the argument of it's clearly like a pc move that they're just doing it for political correctness of you can't have a blonde stereotype now as a doll um but i'm like but it's kind of an institution now so it doesn't necessarily i don't think if someone's offended about barbie i really think uh, that's, yeah. i'm, I'm
2: like barbie that's like a historical figure that's yeah. still out there and i think that's okay it's like being a fan of star trek you are yeah. allowed to geek out about anything you want mm-hmm. don't feel bad if you're a girl and what you're geeking out about is barbie feel mm-hmm. free to do that yeah yeah don't and feel bad about it yeah it's, and it's also it's passion yeah and also
1: as the point i was getting to was that whenever barbie first came out we, we it was a much more stereotypical society um mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's more uh, as you as you're saying, like a historical thing that it came yeah. out. It came out, and um, I don't really I mean, think it's, it's things still need the to parents be parents'
2: choice whether they want to buy them. Yeah, or. yeah,
1: exactly. And and if and That's if they right. do give it to their children, and like they did what you did, where they changed the clothes and stuff, well, good for them. That shows they've got some creativity.
2: Yeah, um, but but there was a lot of things like that. Yeah, then, uh, I did it. I did it. I, I
1: I did a lot of crossovers with my Star Trek, Star Wars dolls. I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even going to uh, deny it.
2: But yeah. I actually first became a tailor after I tried out university, and after that, I spent half a year trying to become a teacher.
1: Okay. Oh, I, I did try and be a teacher as well. That's yeah. something we share. Um, I like
2: teaching. I just don't like the environment you have to do the work in.
1: Mm. That's yeah. why I'm, I ended up being a youth worker. It was not all the paperwork and all the fun. Yeah. Um. And, yeah. And then...
2: Someone uh, in an unemployment program said to me, "Since you are doing all this creative stuff, why don't try out becoming a tailor?" And I was like, "Why the hell not?"
1: No, that sounds that's, like it, I always admire anyone who does any sort of pra, have any practical skills because you know it's always the, I'm I'm a geek that I make the joke of if there was a, like a zombie apocalypse, I'd be the most use, useless person in the world. Um, if I'm someone who makes very good sort of um, you know sort of sarcastic jokes or something then yeah i might be useful but i'll i would be the they'll, first They'll one. never
2: kill me because i can change a Sibber.
1: well there you go well not only that but then you you, you, you could practically like you know if you uh, a tailor i imagine could then lead to building like yeah, you could make you know really good bandages and everything mm-hmm. else and so yeah well, you would be useful in that of, sense
2: uh, there's a lot of uh, knowledge about materials in it you have yeah. to learn about uh What's the difference between silk and cotton and organic uh, materials and all these new uh, materials? Because everything acts differently, and you can't mm. do the same thing. In yeah, it. it's a little bit of
1: chemistry involved in it. Because imagine, yeah. like, it's to do with like what fabric is absorbs, what what's good in the right temperature,
2: yeah, and, and and that's also that you have to think about when I'm doing this piece of clothes. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to wear it, and they are going to want to clean it at some time. Yeah. Is this a piece of clothes that has to go to a dry cleaner? Or mm-hmm. is this a piece of clothes that you want people to be able to throw in, in the washing machine?
1: Interesting, yeah.
2: So, yeah. so there's all kinds of stuff you have to think about, and mm-hmm. I just like solving problems.
0: Mm. Oh,
1: no, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, problem solving has its... Has its uh, most definitely has its like you're the endorphin buzz of that you've solved something and and something that's beat you know again like we were touching like we were touching on right at the beginning of the podcast was that the idea of that when something goes wrong in something you can make the choice of either giving up or trying to beat it and you know problems manifest themselves in that way whether it's something creative or something in your personal life is that um you can either let it beat you or you beat it um and that's when you do. It's it's like that's what I love about. I don't know. are You were. I, I I obviously know that you 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 are you're on Twitch. Um, you know, obviously do you game a fair bit.
2: Um, uh, when I when I have the time, because I have this uh, boring everyday job that mm-hmm. pays for all the creativity. Yeah, that I have to take care of.
1: Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that for the benefit of people? What do you do? <laughs>
2: um. We don't need I, to talk. We don't have like,
1: something need to a 10 minute conversation. Is this no, but v-
2: very shortly, I'm uh, an office assistant and I um, work with quality control in the industries. All right. So it, it's not really. It, it, it sounds, sounds like big, to me you basically
1: just check over stuff. Is that. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, scanning stuff in and making it digital and making mm-hmm. sure that uh, everything's available for everyone. So. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is dull. It's a bit like <laughs> it, it, it's a bit like
2: everything else I, does. I, I do No, I do it it's, because it's it's, it's uh, problem solving. No, no. Oh
1: yeah, I get it I get yeah, I get you using the skills in that sense, but no, I no drawing is drawing is really not dull. Uh it, it's it, it you'll be pleased when you see the series being made, um, because obviously, um, as I touched on earlier, um Tony Cat's very kind enough to um, she drew some stuff for the series that we're making and um, there's a lot of jokes within that series about me, hence the the cute elephant that you drew for us, which was the, the joke... I the, love that elephant. Yeah, the joke the joke in that is that um, uh, I can't draw. I, I, I can't draw in real life, which is um, what I showed a little sort of sneak preview was I showed Tony Cap before we started a storyboard that I was drawing and I just draw like stick men and everything else. Is because I and the the real reason I do jokes about drawing and ha, and why Chloe is I, I wrote Chloe as a, dr, a draw a person who draws, is that I admire anyone immensely who, who can draw, um, because it's just it's a skill I have no ability in and one I'm never going to pursue. But I admire anyone who does, um, you know, because I I think that's a healthy attitude is to look at things that you can't do and go, oh well, I'm going to you know help promote people who do because. I like
2: people who are able to make music as well Or do web series And Mm. stuff like that
1: Oh yeah I know I mean There are people who say whenever I play music and stuff They go how do you manage to like (laughs) Learn to play all these things It's like well again it just takes time I mean I I
2: like lyrics but I just don't I've tried learning how to play instruments But I don't have the My hands won't work that way
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I mean I tried playing Learning to play the guitar Learning to play the piano And it just it's it's never gonna happen
1: did you ever try like what uh, I, I, i'll explain why i'm asking asking this of you but did you ever try playing the other way around you know what 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 leg like, is in what hat what 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 way around did we were, were you playing right-handed or left-handed when you were trying i,
2: I think i was playing uh, right-handed
1: okay so because it, it, you 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 could it could be that you might be the other way around even it if might you be.
2: I'm pretty ambidextrous
1: yeah it could be that you well that that's that's that could have been the reason because just to tell you a quick story about the first guitar lesson I ever had which uh, was sort of 10 years ago uh maybe even more now and i struggled um i'm i'm very dyslexic as well which doesn't help when i'm right reading music and stuff so uh, it, i thought it was that was the reason i was being slow but when i started to feel like i was picking up that side of it i still felt like oh god I'm, I'm just not registering these chords and i'm just not getting better and and i feel like i'm not plucking the strings properly i just always felt uncomfortable every time i picked up a guitar um and my tutor pointed out because it's funny you say about ambidextrous, is that i was pretty certain i was ambidextrous growing up because i used to write with both hands and it used to freak me teachers my teachers out so whenever i got like a homework assignment i would write with my left hand and my right hand on the other page and they stopped making me do it because i used to finish like 10 minutes before every other child i mean get how cool is that that they basically took my ambidextrous ability out off me by going pick a hand you being too fast
2: well when I went yeah. to school uh, the teachers were very like you have to choose a hand.
1: Yeah, that's what might, that's what yeah, exactly. Isn't that so ridiculous that we are born with a with an ability that's very but, rare?
2: When I was a yeah. a kid I could uh, write my name with my toes as well. Oh, which, that's that's, but,
1: inter- that's really cool. So but so yeah, like, I used to I used to draw of equal ability on both all hands. All the
2: hours I spent learning such useless things.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But just how cruel it is that someone who doesn't have that ability—again, like we were touching on about an ability you don't have—it happens a lot in certain certain situations that people look at something that they yeah, they don't have, and they actively like they actively try and do whatever they can to stop you from having that skill.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it, it, I find that very very sad. And for am- people who are ambidextrous, they very often don't keep it into adult life because it gets drained out, it gets drilled out of them before they before they can sort it, it of use it. It hasn't
2: happened to me a lot, but I've had some comments uh, sometimes when I've posted some drawings where I'm thinking, um, why are people writing this mm-hmm. to me? But I, I, I would say... I, 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 can, I can take a... a you know, it, it's okay when people critique what you draw. Yeah, yeah. It, that's quite fine. But sometimes <laughs> it's like, um, because I'm female, if I draw something yeah. that isn't cute... That's wrong. Oh, Really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I'm like, well, I can't draw cute all the time. I want <laughs> to draw monsters as well. Okay? Yeah.
1: The world can be an ugly place as well, and yeah. you can draw monsters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I never. Uh, yeah. That, that's a. I guess a borderline sexist thing to say. Really, is that everything's got to be cute because a woman's drawing it? Maybe I, I don't know. But maybe yeah, but it, it's
2: it's a bit weird because uh, and and it's one of the reasons. When I was younger, I maybe didn't want people to call me a geek. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm more like... I've chosen a nickname for the internet that could be both. Mm -hmm. I I don't often show my picture. I have this little icon drawing that Mm -hmm. could be both. Yeah. Um, Because I don't really want to be judged on that it shouldn't really be uh, what's between my legs that matter when I'm drawing because that's not the part I'm drawing with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a great response, yeah. I thought that was one of your answers to the trolls, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. If someone has something to critique, that is, that I am all for that. and, and, And I'm even all for, I think the thing I always... Diversify in saying is that uh, the one thing people misunderstand with freedom of speech that it, it if it works in principle, you should be uh, everyone should be also given the right to offend as well. Uh, um, that the, 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 you would just wish that they had the intellect and knowledge to be aware of that you don't. You know, uh, um, cr- critiquing someone is not the same as. Um, going no, up I, to, uh, I don't to mind tr-
2: critique. Actually, I like if people are interested enough in what I'm doing to, yeah, know, to... give to some genuine yeah, yeah. what I'm doing. What when it becomes trolling when they aren't looking at the drawing, it's mm-hmm. a personal attack. Yeah, uh, no, I that's, that's what I was different. getting
1: to. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. It's just to say like if they just went, you know, I don't like your face. Like that's got nothing to do with I just drew a picture. Like why? Well, uh, or I don't know. I just I've put a podcast why has my face got anything to do with it you know it's like um yeah yeah uh, that's where it's it's just they're doing it for for trolling sake but you know if you read about that you know there's certain like websites that reward people for trolling and various other things there's a documentary done about it a while ago where there's a like people who you know get you know playstations and stuff for seeing how much they can get negative amount of comments and stuff you know it's sort of the opposite to getting you know,
2: positive. Personally, I think it's got something to do with what you might call the age of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet isn't that old, and like yeah. most young civilizations that's trying to find out what it is, it will have very divergent groups of people in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they haven't figured out what to do with that yet. Yeah, yeah. There will always be someone out there who didn't figure out how to get positive reinforcement. So to get any kind of attention. They're willing to do this, and I'm kind of sad about it, actually, because I'd rather just sit down and talk to them and say, hey, what's wrong with you? Can I help in some way? Yeah, and... But but it can be hard if there's uh, too big a group of them at the same time, because Mm -hmm. they get this mob mentality, Mm -hmm. where they try to impress each other with being, I don't know, mean, cool thing, Mm -hmm. something
1: but I mean as I say I mean just to just to to put my you know put to to say my my sort of perspective on it is to say um you know it does it be be, it's irrelevant to me that you you, for you to be a woman or not it just happens to be that you are one but it always leads me to the question of because I find it interesting because I don't you know I ask this because you are a woman and it, it is something that women have to deal with but from your point of view growing up that women sort of are you know there there is a sexist attitude towards women and and every uh, you know you have to deal with that particularly like you know twitch users and whatnot and I understand there's people I know who are like you know anonymous with what they that you know, what they what they give out on on the internet and I just I wanted to ask you from your point of view, do you feel that it's gotten better you know sort of during your lifetime is it is it progressing and,
2: and... I'm kind of privileged because I'm from Denmark, yeah, and um uh... If people on the internet haven't noticed, uh, women my age and younger, we are pretty... We don't really care if people... It's sexist to typecast men or women. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think that there's been a bit of a trend towards being sexist towards men. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad you said that. That was something. That's something I, 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 I get criticised
1: for bringing up. But um, yeah,
2: but I don't really like that because I have this boyfriend that I'm really, really happy about, mm-hmm. and I don't like that people typecast him into some stereotype that he really doesn't belong to. Yeah, me. yeah. Um,
1: Good. That's a very, very nice of you to bring up because yeah, it's so, so I,
2: I think this entire discussion maybe is more about please figure out who you are.
1: Yeah. And, and,
2: and then stop messing with everybody else
0: mm,
1: yeah because I guess the positives, the, yeah that's a very good positive way of looking at it and I guess the positive approach would be and I'm interested to know if you agree with this is that I usually find we all go through this sort of turmoil of finding out who we are but I usually one of the things that I've never had an issue with and maybe I'm lucky and maybe like you touched on you know, when you said that very eloquently that maybe you're lucky and that you, it's not an issue for you is that me being a guy is not a is not a um is not like a, a a negative thing for me it's not something i spend any real time thinking about it just happens to be that that was the way i was born so it doesn't really sort of you know in a sense define me in uh, define me in that manner um I, I... So, I yeah, think
2: you you've got on you you've got something there because um i know m- my sister she's been talking more about sexism than me but she's always been much more of a feminine type than mm-hmm. me yeah classically feminine and i suppose there's a lot of things you have to live up to uh when it comes to looks and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm, i was
1: just getting to that if someone is if someone is more sort of personal like um is more comfortable with themselves mm. they never sort of really look at things gender specifically like they never sort of look at someone and go oh you know it just is ne- it's never something um I-, I would like to think that my i guess what i'm saying is my female friends are not sort of treated any differently than my male friends they are my friends like i don't sort of go oh i'm gonna Separate them because of gender. That's kind of what I'm saying, and that, and I I don't really feel that I'm treated that way, vice versa. So, um, I think if you're comfortable with yourself, I don't really think you look at things in a kind of stereotypical fashion. You don't sort of go, "Oh, that person's a girl. That person's a guy." You just kind of also
2: also because when you when you get more experience, you're going to find out that you don't really know. You don't really know if that guy is a guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a fair We don't point. really know if that yeah. girl
2: is a girl. Mm-hmm. So, trying to be so gender specific with all the variety you can run into in this world, it's it's very black and white. I I prefer the gray areas because mm. uh I meet a lot of people yeah uh, on the internet and I mean
1: that's really I, yeah, that's kind yeah, you kind of like described what I was saying in a much be- better way. Um yeah thats that's really what I was getting at is that um is that yeah it, it it's um it doesn't yeah yeah you just you, you said that really really well um uh, that that kind of sums up what I was really saying so I mean
2: people are people
1: yeah exactly uh, and and really the 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 the, the factor should be when you're talking to people like yourself is you know people always ask me about the criteria for people being on my show the first thing i i I look for is someone who is nice like who is a good person like you know that's 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 the the that's the, the the compliment i give people you know and people go oh what does it take to i've had annoying people who email me who say what do i need to do to get on my podcast get on your podcast and i just say well for starters you need to not send these emails and actually ask me in a polite way and um, because that comes across to me as someone going um it's almost like it, implying that, that that's an that's them asking you know I'd rather they went oh I'd really you know I really like your podcast you know if someone just said sent an email and said oh I do this which people have done in the past and have said oh I do this and uh, you know I, I'm looking to you know get people to be more aware of it and I really you know I've listened to a couple of your shows or, or whatever I or just went I want to get more exposure could I please come on the show that's probably a good enough that's probably good enough to, to be asked
2: that's, um, that's pretty much how I decide what art projects I do. Yeah. Just, uh, just be if you someone who's grateful? If I like the people, because yeah. um, I don't ask for money for the stuff that I do when I draw, because it, this is my passion, this is not my job. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever thought about doing
1: it in a. pursuing yeah, it in, a, in that
2: sense? I'm...
1: You are very, very good at it. I'm not just saying that. I, I, I like the stuff you sent me.
2: Thank you, Um. but it's a tough line because there's a lot of people out there uh, working with art in in different areas. It's
1: really hard to get successful in. yeah. Really hard. I Mm. think
2: it was uh, in the last season of The Guild there's this joke where uh, this evil guy who tries to buy their computer game, (laughs) he has to give up and he says I'll go to comics, they'll work for food stamps. (laughs) and and that's because there's this passion about uh drawing if it's something you really do and when i was younger i i thought that was going to be what i was going that was going to be my livelihood yeah um because it's something i've always done but it's actually a lot easier to make money with the other skills i have
1: mhm and and then do what you really want to do in your yeah. spare time which is
2: and and it allows me mm-hmm. to say no, two jobs I don't want to do when it comes to art. Yeah, and, exactly. And but, so right now, for instance,
1: very sensible.
2: Yeah, right now I've I've done uh, this job for you because I think it's really interesting and uh, I'm fascinated by the character Chloe. Oh,
1: good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you think that. Um, that that gave me a lot of sleepless nights. I tell you. Um,
2: when, when I was uh, her age, mm-hmm. I uh, lived in an apartment with uh, five other people.
1: Ah oh, right, okay.
2: So the entire situation and I mean if you want crazy stories about Weird Roommates
1: <laughs> Well yeah, feel free. Feel free yeah. to I, I I've um a lot of a lot of the obviously a lot of the stories that will be in the series if it gets made is um is stories that happen to me. Um yeah. uh, It's really
2: surreal out in the real life.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because the the universal response I've had from everyone that's read it is that they're very um, they're very interested by the idea of I, I've picked an area of life which a lot of mainstream te- te- like television avoids because they think they they think it's dull they think it's because I'll I'll say because it it's it's going to be obvious when the when the pilot comes out all the characters in it are are like either unemployed or part time right. part time workers and the reason television networks because i've worked in television productions and stuff and obviously i'm a fan of like american television everything it's like if we take for example the big bang theory because obviously that's something i knew that i was going to get compared with even being independent projects were all like going oh that's the mecca of of geek shows so everyone went oh it's like you know i wonder if it's going to be like big bang theory i deliberately I, i thought of that while i was writing it and I hope you're pleased. I know you said, like, sex. sexism doesn't matter, but, like, it's, it's, like, irrelevant if you're, you know, in the sense of, you know, just good people. But one of the things that I don't like about Big Bang Theory in terms of stereotypes is Penny is the stereotypical stupid blonde. Um, and so I kind of wanted to do Chloe as... She is as smart and, in some cases, as smarter than the guy's. I like that
2: she's a person
1: yeah and and also what I'm getting to in regards of people don't touch the unemployed struggling aspect of life Mm. is they think that that's dull because if you look at the Big Bang Theory guys apart from Penny who eventually starts like working consistently they've all got like they're all at the top of their field so they don't need to kind of worry about what they're doing professionally because they're all they're all at the top of their industry. If you, if uh, the thing that always annoyed me about Friends, for example, that you know the one time when they kind of do something realistic where where um, Rachel finally leaves her, the the cafeteria, she ends up getting she's, she works for Ralph Lo- Ralph Lauren within yeah. six months, which is just like like virtually impossible. Um, and they did they, they clearly went oh we can't have her unemployed for too long because it won't be funny or won't. and it's like
2: I can't see why not because yeah. in the Chandler was unemployed your life, uh, when you're young yeah. and you're unemployed yeah. and you usually get involved in a lot yeah. of
1: that. Yeah. And and
2: people there, there's a lot of things happening in, in just that so
1: I don't think American life. audiences realise like one of the best sitcoms ever made in, in England and I don't know if you've seen was Only Fools and Horses I think uh, it's, it's 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 consistently voted one of the best sitcoms ever made here and the reason i bring this up in relation to what we're just talking about is if i told you the premise of that series like i don't think any american network would even give it a second glance because it's about two brothers living in an apartment in peckham which is a district in london awesome and they are they worked as unlicensed traders and they sell like knockoff gear in like the local market trying to make ends meet and like it started in the 80s so it was like what we just talked about earlier
0: yeah
1: and you don't like what's so sweet about it is you don't care that they're sort of breaking the law because they're just trying to make ends meet They—that's the only way. Like, and he's—he's lost. He had no like his parents left him. So his—he the older brother has looked after his younger brother. Like he he just got given his brother to look after. He's like his parent. His mom died. His dad left when he was young. So he's like the breadwinner of the house. So he's like he doesn't know what else to do. So he's like he does what he can to make ends meet. And what I love about that show more than anything is it's real. Like there's there's lots of sad bits in it. But it feels like what a sh- what a show should be—that it should be about representing what life is really like. That it isn't the whole "you get everything that you ever wanted" because for for the majority of that show they struggle. But it's irrelevant to what to why you watch it because it's about them goofing on each other. It's about them being close to each other. It's about them. It's about the friendship circle they have around them. And yeah, I'm, I I would say out of all the sort of English shows, I'm like influenced by that one the most because. Um, I don't want to like dismiss the serious thing so there's gonna be like crying bits in this series as well There's gonna be like um you know I'm not gonna it's not gonna be a laugh a minute type thing and um, because I think that's important is that you know you because that's unrealistic to be like a you know if I go out with my best friends in a pub and I don't know what it's like for you but I sit if you sit there you don't go ha-ha-ha, like every no. two, every two minutes there's there's moments where it's a bit quiet and awkward. Yeah. but depending on what friend it is like I have you, it, it, to other people it would be awkward but I, I don't know about you with sort of your older friends or maybe your, with your boyfriend is that when you sometimes have a in the conversation you, you like that feeling because you feel like sort of secure you feel like you don't have to talk all the time like I love that feeling with my fr- my older friends that I'm like I don't have to be the life and soul of the party they, yeah, they can I, let the me sit worst,
2: there worst thing about the world is when you have to meet new people mm-hmm. in the oh yeah that yeah. you don't know <laughs> yeah um, I I think that was uh, so funny about the meetup. <laughs> I, I thought you were so, going to bring that up.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Because uh,
2: every you could just sense this um, awkward thing because the music was so loud. No one could talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. And everyone is like geeky types that that would rather sit down in a quiet place and have a conversation and. Um, yeah, that
1: just—I think that was just the unfortunate aspect of we yeah. picked a venue that we weren't aware was going to be. I was just, I've never, like, I, as someone who lives in England, I've never heard a club have a music that loud for that type of setup. It was not like a nightclub or anything. And basically, no,
2: it was just like a pub.
1: Yeah, and it was just super, super loud. Yeah. And we, yeah, we just—you're right. Like, we just couldn't. You know, I remember trying to sort of talk to you, and and we talked a tiny bit. Um, yeah,
2: we actually talked more on the street outside. Yeah, room.
1: because we were like, finally, we can talk yeah. each other. But it was like then the night sort of like over, and yeah, uh, it was like yeah, it was just a, it was a little dis- it was it was disappointing in that aspect. But it was just really nice to meet everybody. So I, I never really oh, took it in. Meeting it. Everybody,
2: I yeah. Thought, I thought it was awesome to uh, to see people in person. Yeah. After chatting with people for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was
1: really cool, and, and
2: both Anna's uh, community, the Geek Fleet, and uh, Team Human—awesome people. No, no, it
1: was really co- yeah, no, it was really cool. And it's like, um, and uh, it's just it, it, it's again like we we touched on right at the beginning. I wouldn't have the you know I I never would have met you through that and you know, for without you know it it what I love about it is that the individuals projects that we work on are, is what leads us to each other and yes. that's what i love about that's what i love about like you said that you were describing what's great about the internet is that that is really in a, in a in a way what what but, links everyone I think together you
2: just get out there mm. if you have something you're passionate about and i, I mean i understand um, how hard it can be because when i was younger i was a lot more self-conscious self-conscious about my drawings mm-hmm. And it, it felt really personal if anyone commented them, and I, it would have been hard for me. Yeah. But um, get it out there because, yes, you might get a few harsh comments, but you're going to meet some people who like what you do, who mm. are interested in the same things. Maybe you're going to find someone who can teach you something or someone you can teach. Um, there's like this uh, wide world full of great people. Just avoid mm. the trolls.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, as you as you say, if you keep doing something, eventually the people you'll want to, they'll want that you'll want to come to you. You'll
2: run into the right people.
1: Yeah, eventually, you're
2: gonna be uh, somehow. You're gonna end up the same places.
1: Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that when I did the hundredth episode for this, is that it made me realise that because it's whenever you're involved in, especially something that like you know with this that I do weekly. Is that you? find it very difficult to reminisce about things, and mm. and when I did do that for the hundredth episode, I realized like the amount, the sheer amount of people I have met through doing this, and and how much I like, you know, I like I like them, I like them as well. Like it's not just a, like I've met people who I can like sort of do the whole oh I know this person because I don't really I'm not really a person that does that. I mean, people who are legitimately like you know would would send an email to or or tweet to or direct message or something and would see them at a convention and would be happy to see them. Um, that That's that's like what's really enjoyable, a hugely enjoyable aspect of this that you don't really think about when you first start something, like you were saying. Well, whatever you decide to do, you'll find that even if it's a little tiny group of people who might just like look at your stuff every so often, yeah. Um, that that's really sort of that. Nice. It's just nice because that wouldn't happen without you taking the leap in the first place. So that reinforces whatever it is you want to do you know so it's it's really sort of cool so so in terms of uh in terms of like when you you know obviously you obviously drew a lot and with tailoring and stuff like when did sort of you said that you had a period of time when you didn't draw like eight years or something and uh, you sort of touched on why uh, for various other things what led you to 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 get back into
2: it um was it the
1: Felicia Was it, Felicia?
2: it was part of the Felicia thing and, mm-hmm. and then I suddenly figured out that it was like there was this part of me that was extremely important for me for so many years and because I had to be such an adult all of a sudden <laughs> yeah the responsible it, nature of things. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of just drifted away from it mm-hmm. and, um, and and the minute I sat down and started drawing again it was like oh this is awesome and, yeah. and the amazing thing was that, even though I haven't been practicing for those eight years, it's like your eyes keep on seeing and your mind keeps on learning. So when I sat down and drew after eight years, it was bloody better than I did <laughs> eight years earlier.
1: Yeah, that's so fascinating. It's just um, I, I want to say a quick. St- I want to tell you a quick story about that. About but something you reminded me of as you were talking earlier. But um, I just wanted to say in regards to my music is that um, when I got unfortunately not very well. Couple of years ago, and was in hospital for a few months.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I broke my guitar like the month before that, and then I was like sort of trying to find my own place and everything. So I just never got around to fixing my guitar. And obviously, I've done the 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 the, the theme music for this uh, for the for the series for the series. And 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 I and I, I was just doing my own music privately. And and I'm when I got my guitar fixed. So it was like it, I went through like a, I'd say just over a year of not playing. And I played guitar since I was fifteen. I'm now twenty-seven, so you know, twelve years. Um, so it, it feels, you know, you know the the thing that musicians say, where it's like you feel like it's a third arm, that it's like another part of your body. And when I first sort of picked it up, and I was like really worried that I'd like had spent too long not not playing, and oh. uh, and and was like, am I ever gonna like? Am I gonna? Cause when I would play it all the time I could pick up something but but it's funny when you play you could, there is a thing I do generally believe that the thing is playing too much because I would play so much that I, I got used to get frustrated that things were coming to me but part of the process is realising that's not how it works you have um,
2: to get bored in between
1: yes you have to actually and switch off switch off from it like if you just spend your whole time thinking about it um, you'll think in such a sort of Narrow way,
0: yeah.
1: um,
2: you get very focused.
1: Yeah, and you, it it just becomes too too much, really. So that, in a way, it's going to sound crazy to say, but maybe that year did me did me some good it, in that aspect of the. When I, honestly, uh, just to, to say, because I've never said this on the podcast before, but when I when I actually picked up the guitar after, which was only about a month and a half ago, I'd say, when I picked it up, I it was really emotional. It, it was really yeah. emotional because. Um, I just started playing, and um, within like two days, uh, I was picking up a guitar and was coming up with like tunes in my head, which is often what I used to do, Um, and wrote, wrote like a song which became the 100th episode song really super fast, because it was like, I guess a year in the making of that, I had, I obviously had something to say during that period of time, and, and I wrote a song I was really, really proud of, and... And it didn't really... You know, one of them songs that don't require much work. It Like, it's okay. finished. It's finished when it happens. Like, what is that? Is that the case? is that the case for drawing?
2: I, I would say that, yeah, the the way you describe it, with the guitar picking it up after a year, it's like... Um, well, that's why it or, reminded or, me. It sounded to, the same, what you were Harry saying. Harry Potter yeah. people out here. <laughs> Harry Potter, this yeah. Is, this is like a wizard or a witch that's been without their wand. Mm-hmm and haven't been able to do magic yeah and Everyone they've been like forced to be muggles for a while <laughs> and live the muggles way
1: I like that you're continuing the metaphor like
2: <laughs> and uh, then to suddenly, live, and she lives with the Dudleys
1: uh, yeah and then
2: suddenly it's like you see this of the corner of your eye mm. and you see this wand lying around and you're like oh my god there's this entire world mm. of people mm-hmm. like me but I need this one. Mm, no, of course. To, yeah. To get out there and get mm. in touch with them. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotion involved in doing creative stuff.
1: Do you ever, like, is there anything that you ever like sort of gravitate towards that you prefer drawing, Or are you, are you, are you someone who just lets your imagination take if, over?
2: If I don't know what to draw, I'll start out by drawing eyes. Oh, okay. I'm extremely fascinated by the expression in eyes. Hmm. Um, The gateways to a person's soul. Yeah, (laughs) and and, uh, a slight angle of the corner of the eye can, or the brow, the way Mm -hmm. it it will convey some emotion. And I can fill like 20 pages with just eyes and then suddenly one pair of those eyes looks interesting. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes a drawing.
1: Ah, that's interesting. So you look at... How you've drawn an eye and then decipher like a character based on
2: yeah. The way it, you've there's done not the a art. lot of uh, pre-planning. Uh, I mean, th- there's pre-planning when I do stuff like at the moment where I'm doing these uh, Dungeons and Dragons characters mm-hmm. um, for Cow Peelers, uh, call, because I know this has Pretty to be cool. an elf, this has to be a halfling, and and I know mm-hmm. something about the characters or like drawing a portrait of you is like well i know what's expected and then my mind works in one way Mm -hmm. when i just sit down and do my own stuff it's like it it develops it's like um it's like writing a song Mm
1: -hmm. i I always ask this sorry i just want to say i always ask this out of like with writers because we've had like authors on and novelists and stuff is do you are you someone who prefers um, prefers like a guideline or are you someone that when given like a, a guideline of you know, you come up with something yourself, do you prefer that or do you prefer like having someone saying this that is what ac- I
2: want you to do? That draw. actually depends on the customer. Oh really, okay, that's interesting yeah. In, In what, what sense? Um, there are different ways to give guidelines
0: mm-hmm. Ooh, and
2: okay. some customers are like um, I like your general style, I just want to, when you draw this character, could you do this detail, put this pin on the label, because that signifies something for the character that you should draw for me. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people who, you draw something, and then they're like, I'm not sure I like it. And then they're they're more like trying to tell you what they don't like.
1: Rather than like correcting it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and that's really oh, with People like that. N- I
1: know oh, exactly what. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> just made and, me think of it, all the people that I've had to deal with in
0: that sense. It
2: was the same thing when I was a tailor. Mm-hmm. I, I had uh, customers where I had to say, "You have to go to another tailor mm-hmm. because uh, I can't help you."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: oh I, I, I don't blame you for having that appro- like attitude to that, because it's that that to them, the, the them doing that in that way is they have that's an attitude they're putting on, like it,
2: it's. Because they have an expectation mm. that goes beyond the abilities of the craft. Yes, and I can't help people with that.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's not just that. I just I think it's people who aren't prepared to problem solve. Mm. And again, it's you're right. It is the, there is an expectation aspect to it. But I think it's also that they have this feeling of that, and it drives. It, it really annoys me when people have this thing because it's almost like they haven't been shown what real life is like or they haven't took enough risk to realise that if they when you take the risk of, of giving your giving your idea to someone else or or whatever it may be, it's not going to come it, out the way no, you want it to. No, it's going to
2: change because mm-hmm. this is another person. Yeah. And so unless you can very precisely tell me what you want mm-hmm. so I know what I'm working with mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you either do that or you tell me do something and then whatever you want and then you can comment on it and then we can talk about it and develop something you you don't just um, you you don't just it, it's like not letting the chef prepare you a new meal if you didn't like the first one
1: mm-hmm. yeah I'll go on like um uh, I don't know. Yeah, to use that analogy, it's a bit like asking for for some sort of pasta, and or and they put onions in, and you say afterwards, "Oh, I don't like onions" or something. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you tell them beforehand? It's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it
2: said in the menu that there was going to be onions. Yeah, yeah. yeah say You didn't want the
1: onions. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it, it, it's it's really again. Uh, I think. It's, it's also like an, an element of that they are not sh- they probably most people in that scenario are not sure what idea they actually want themselves as well so it's a little bit of that they're unsure of themselves so they say they sort of the, the the other side of the coin could be that they go to someone like yourself who's talented in it and say deal with it because I would say you know I know I didn't give you much of a brief but it's the reason i the, the reason i'm like that is for a lot of st- stuff like that is because i don't feel it's respectful of me to say i want something done a certain way if i don't know myself like and um, because stuff like that i don't um because i i do have like a, a good varied ability in certain things but with are drawn um, i usually am quite good at visualizing things but with But um, but there's certain times, you know, if I I'll I'll admit, if you know, like um, for example, the thing that's been driving me crazy through this process is the logo for the series. Um, uh, for the whole time this has been in pre-production, I couldn't figure, I couldn't visualize an image whatsoever of what I think looking forward to failure should look like as a logo. Um, so that's why I got one of my friends on board who is a graphic designer to say he has the script, he has the synopsis. He has what it's called. Um, draw me like, you know, come up with like 20 different versions if you want. But I just, I need to have something as a starting block to get my brain yeah. going. Um, so you use your own imagination and then I'll sort of okay based on what you draw. Um, and then I finally, a, a, couple of, a, couple, a few days ago, came up with something that... I was like, "Oh, I have came up with sort of an idea," but again, I I wouldn't draw it because it would not look anything like what's in my head. Something like you do it, and
2: it never does. Yeah, it never does.
1: No, of course. And that you know, I, to be honest with you, I had no idea what you were going to send me, and you probably had no idea what you were going to draw. Um, but I I'm very thankful that you sort of remembered that I said about the Catwoman thing, um, because I particularly love the 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 coloured. Um, the colored Catwoman stuff I'm sort of looking at them now uh, I don't want to show I'll not show them on em um, on camera because obviously they'll I'm to reveal them when the series comes out but um but no I really I, re- I really appreciated that you did that but yeah it's just it was more to showcase that uh, you know the I guess the one brief just for context of people listening is that I said to um I said to Katharina that um I really wanted to just have a portfolio of Chloe's work because she would have went for university doing a bunch of things. So I just wanted a bunch of like, you know, because a lot of artists, I'm sure you'll nod your head when I say this, that haven't lived with people who have, who are two drawers that, you know, they've always got papers lying around of of sketches and stuff. And, you know,
2: you need need something in the background because um, if I look at my desk right now, I've got like a sketch pad, some loose paper,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: crayons. I mean, there's
1: always something so you can well we had i had this idea of um and we might even use one of your examples or something is that you know um what do you call the um i always forget the name of this and i had a girlfriend my last girlfriend i actually bought one for her what are the um the wooden things that they put you put uh, canvas on um that are for artists you know the you put like uh, a it's uh, like are, think- the triangle things i can't remember the name i can't remember what they're called.
2: Yeah, I can't remember what they're called in English.
1: Yeah. Oh God, I, can, I I can never remember what they're called. But anyway, you you know, at least the, yeah, it sounds like you know what I'm on about. But yeah, yeah. we yeah. had one of these. The had what we we had the idea we were going to buy one of them and put a like a canvas or something in front of them, or just or just have a, a, a like a clip, like a like a clipboard um, with you know, foldy paper thing, um, and have one of the scenes in episode one where I come back to the apartment that we're in now, which is where we we'll would be filming it. And that Chloe would be drawn, just, 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 and we'd pretend. Obviously, obviously, there uh, uh, Tanya who's playing Chloe would just pretend. But we had this idea of like, because there's a window, so we thought like she'd be looking out the window and sort of just drawn, drawn, like letting our imagination run wild. I, um, I actually
2: did some stuff in a very sketchy line, so she can draw sketchy on top of it. Oh yeah, I saw
1: that. Yeah, that you did some like beginning ideas. I'm sure, I'm sure, like we'll, we'll, we'll like use. Um, yeah, we'll we'll come up with something to add to them. Yeah, like I, I like the idea of you drew like it. Was it like meant to be like a mirror? Yeah, yeah, it,
2: it's, I, yeah. It's Like either a mirror or a
1: picture frame. Should I say we can show we can show at least that because I mean that was like a half finished one, but um, obviously as I say one of the benefits of that she gave me a bunch of um of blank pieces of paper. I've been drawing. I've been storyboarding because it's a very nice, uh, very nice um like book. Good quality. Uh, yeah, I saw like you went sort of back to stencil, did some, did some color ones. Oh yeah, the you know, uh, another thing I should say, you know the printed, the printed one that I I requested that you said oh I have a that that, that was like really good quality. I was very surprised.
2: Well, I was... I, I uh, care a lot about graphics.
1: Yeah, okay, so good. I have
2: a nice printer.
1: No, yeah, oh, I'm very I'm very you know you you have no especially with something that would potentially be put on camera that you have yeah. no idea how much that's dumb. I appreciate that. Um, I will, I'll tell you what we'll show we'll show that because this probably won't be used for a while. So, um, so yeah, just the benefit of when we do put this video version out is that yeah, this is what um, Katarina sent me is one of our examples, which is I think you showed me really early on, wasn't it? One of the examples, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to have that. It's really cool. Um, like I, like to use this as an example just for people because obviously we can showcase your work then that's an example is like what in but like to use this one as a as an example for this question is what 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 do you sort of first think of when when this sort of when, when do you remember drawing this and what yeah, you thinking Yeah I
2: remember drawing
1: that what were you thinking um, at the time
2: Actually, it's more... <laughs> that made me sound like I
1: was a therapist. What were you know thinking you at the, the time?
2: <laughs> because
1: she is mad! Look at what she draws! <laughs> Sorry.
2: That, that one is from an unfinished project that Sorry, I'll, I started I'll, I'll, out I'll keep all way back ago. in my 20s. Um, it was an uh, idea for a graphic novel called Disillustrated. Oh, interesting, yeah.
1: It does um, have a graphic novel look to it, yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. So, so um, this is like the main character, mm. and the plants are doubt, because uh, people sow doubts about you.
1: Ah, ah this, uh, Shakespeare, the yeah. seed of doubt.
2: Exactly. Uh. So, this is what doubt grows into, and what you have to fight when you have a visual mind. So, uh, Fascinating. So, it, it's like showing some of the struggles uh, when you have a really, really bad day, and You you uh, you know imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's a picture of how you feel when uh, your doubts assault you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, because you were saying. I mean, it was it was very fascinating to hear. And I've I've had other artists on the on the podcast before. Is that they say that when they draw stuff, that it is usually that you're trying to convey like sort of an emotional, an emotional feeling, and you know, sort of transcribing that into into an illustration, which again is. A fascinating thing, but but if you think about it, in a lot of in a lot of creative fields, um, it's what musicians try and do all the time. Is that you try and uh, you try and come up with chords that sound like what well, yeah. I often and, I, and I, I have to say, which is very which is very sweet of people, particularly like sort of people close to me. Whenever I played music, they say I have a very good ability of finding chords that matches whatever I'm singing about because I'm a very emotional singer. So. Um, it's something that people have said that I'm a much better well they sound like I'm rubbish recording but I'm like I always feel uncomfortable recording my music whereas if anyone's heard me live they're like it's, it's like the live feeling that I convey when I'm playing because I really like it really matters to me because um, I obviously think when you record it never feels quite real because you like it's 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 a manipulated form of playing it. Whereas if you just mm. pick up a guitar, like if I picked up a guitar now and started playing, it's like it's unrehearsed and I'm just going to play for the sake of it. So um...
2: that's like the difference between drawing with a pencil on paper and drawing digitally. Ah, oh, is that really true?
1: Okay, yeah, that was actually something I was going to ask you about because
2: I like drawing digitally, but mm. it's a totally different um, way I work with it. Mhm
1: it's because it's is it because i mean it, it's it's probably a very obvious question but is it because obviously like is, is it, there's probably an element of it doesn't necessarily feel like you're drawn digitally whereas it's
2: actually because uh when you draw with a pencil and paper you only have a certain amount of tries to get it right and then the paper is going to yeah. be destroyed by your eraser yeah yeah so uh when you draw digitally i know that feeling you can just and one more thing I can, when I draw on paper, this is a uh, fixed format. Mm-hmm. When I draw digitally, I can just zoom in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so, so I get
2: insane details that I wouldn't be able to do. That's a f-
1: yeah, time. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you can multi-layer. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, in terms of like, if people are listening to this and are like, "Oh, I've got a, I've got this project and wanna." on an artist for such and such like are you su- are you like willing to try anything if someone like listens to this and goes oh this sounds cool and obviously or maybe looked at like your pictures or went on flickr and went would pe- would you encourage people to to contact you or is it something
2: i usually say to people um try writing to me what it is about um, so i can get a feel uh, about the project uh, Either that or I have to talk to people. Ah, there there it is. um, Like, uh, the one I'm doing now with the Dungeons & Dragons characters, Mm -hmm. it was Cowpeeler who wrote me uh, and said, uh, I really like the stuff you've been posting, and uh, we were wondering if you'd do this. And then I watched some of the videos uh, Mm -hmm. from when they were playing to get a feel of the people in the group. Yeah. because I have to Feel something for it And I mean if it's something about Dungeons and, and Dragons please ask I love Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons I, I mean drawing dragons is awesome mm-hmm. And um, If it's uh, <laughs> If it's just Will you draw my little baby Well unless I can draw the Enterprise Or something else in the background That's not really interesting to me
1: Yeah, And as you said Which I I, re- I resonated with you Because you know It's something that, especially, you know, someone like me who runs a business is that you you do have to occasionally do stuff to make ends meet to continue what you do as a passion because... You know, most businesses fold after three years, or, or they, you know, if they if they are still around after three years, you know, struggle to make money um, or, or break even most of the time. Yeah. So you have to try and make ends meet ends meet in other areas. And uh, there's something that you said earlier, which was fascinating, which made it made sense to me. If you find other ways of paying your bills and making the money you need to to live your life, when yeah. it comes to doing passion stuff, it gives you a very good position to go well, I'll just work on things that I want to work on rather than the horrible thing that freelance designers yeah, do uh, where they have to take Venus work that they don't want to do. It's
2: horrible. Yeah, because they I take whatever they can. I, yeah. young. I did that when I was young. I'm not doing that again.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but- I've, I, 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 like, majority of my oldest friends or like web designers or graphic designers and just the the ho- one of the reasons that I'm glad I'm not in like full-time employment is that whenever I speak to them and they're working on a project they absolutely hate um, yeah. it's just so demoralizing for them and um, it also bleeds into the life where they can be occasionally unpleasant because they're yeah, just they're I mean, negative I, I about actually, everything
2: the job I have now is uh, carefully chosen to uh, not be something I'll be too too um, it's not something I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. It's something I like doing and mm-hmm. don't mind doing. Even yeah. when I have a bad day because someone has to do it, and it's uh, it's a steady thing to do mm-hmm. but it it's if it if it had been a job about my passion, then on a bad day, I would have hated doing it mm-hmm. Be- because uh, the things that comes out when I'm not in the mind for drawing is not really that good
1: mm-hmm.
2: um Inter-
1: how, how interesting it's it's uh, it's it's funny you say that because whenever someone sort of asks me about you know doing something that's a passion and pursuing it and and you know what it, it, when it becomes your part of your business part of a business model it's something you have to spend all your time thinking about and yeah. and it's something that I try you know it's a it's a it, again I'm not very good at this in my personal life if I'm being honest with you um is that I I try every now and again to just spend a tiny bit of time uh not and um, focusing on it even if it's just like a couple of hours a day or something where I just I will I will like you said about just you know it's always nice to just stare at a lake or stare at the sky and yeah. and not sort of thinking about things that um and I, I'm getting much better at it as, and I think the experience of life as in just getting older a, really helps you get, getting older um, helps
2: yeah it, i was so frustrated when i was younger mm-hmm. i would if there's often that question would you want to be 16 or 26 again no i'm going to turn 42 this year and i'm loving it
1: Oh, good for you um yeah i was i it's funny because i always sort of and i guess that's a good a good example of of what you just said every sort of year I get older I go yeah yeah. if I got asked that question of what age I'd be I'd be the year I am now and yep. every year I get older it's the, it's the next year I go oh I'll, I'll, I'll happily be 28 whereas I would have said 27 last year it's like so I'm hoping that I'm going to continue that trend of because
2: I, I run into this thing uh, sometimes oh ra- rather often actually mm-hmm. on the internet when people talk about age and I'm mention my age and it's like no, no, you're really just twenty-nine or thirty-nine, and I'm like, hell, I'm not. I'm forty-two, and I've got the experience that follows the age of forty-two. Mm-hmm. I'm not a girl. I'm a woman.
1: Mm-hmm. No, exactly, yeah, and
2: two very different things.
1: It would it, it, is it, it again? This is something you would not. We I would not reveal, or you would probably reveal if if it was you growing up. But growing up, I used to always say, and it used to make my siblings like go, "Why?" Because of I guess what they were going through at the time. But I always felt old. And I always yeah. want. I always wanted to be old. Um, Everybody
2: said I was the youngest eighty-year-old they ever met. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's that's 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 why I, I asked. I I said that because I had a feeling it was the same for you. Is that? Um. That sort of it. That, that sort of seemed to be the implication. Is that? Yeah. When I was sort of like fifteen, and you know, I I grew a, I got a beard really, really, really early as well. Um. And but no, I just I always felt like mature i i never was really mature in the sense of that i guess now that once i've become a respon once you become a responsible adult the thing you always hear growing up i don't know what it's like for you but is that you, they always go, oh, I really don't want to be responsible. I just want to be a kid forever. And I'm like, I actually
2: really, really I waited, enjoy... I waited so long to become old enough to get these responsibilities on my own and not having to... Yeah. Anyone else... Because
1: uh... do you not find it like... Because for me, and again, this is just my probably my personality, but I love the thought of that, you know, I go to bed knowing that like the bed is because of my hard work like yeah uh, you know it it, sounds really sort of i guess that to some people listening to this go that's that maybe sound a little simplistic or a little dull but it it
2: is very simplistic yeah it's about um the fact that even though people talk a lot about how complicated life has gotten Hmm. uh in the new millennium um one of my favorite writers terry pratchett
1: oh yeah. yeah, it's a shame we're like run out of time, but yeah, because I was like, yeah. yeah, Terry Pratchett, I, oh, God, yeah, I'm a huge fan Terry of
2: Terry And his description of ordinary life, um, ordinary people, and the love of everything that's really ordinary, mm-hmm. even set in an extraordinary setting. Uh, I mean, there are very few uh, core elements in life there's the people you're with and that you love or hate, mm-hmm. there's the place that you are that you love or hate. There's the food that you eat, that you love or hate. Mm. But seriously, how much else is there?
1: But also, when that responsibility gets put on you, you get to be the one that makes them decisions, and that's kind of a fun aspect of you, life that you, you get don't really.
2: If you're really going to do it better, like yeah, you thought you
1: would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like that. I like that challenge. Like, I, I really do. Like, it's. it's I, a... I love
2: the title of the show, uh, "Looking Forward to Failure," because. Mm. Uh, failing is simply the way forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's you know, because what I've the reason I called it that, well it's actually an EP by one of my favourite bands growing up, but it's where, where I got it from, but um, the reason I did it is because I love the fact that people look at it because I, I expect simple people who don't think about the title will just go, well it's an oxymoron it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double negative but it's not a double negative because it's if you're which too you, afraid which, to
2: fail, you'll never get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly.
1: And the only way you can deal with failure is knowing that it's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because people get into things thinking that failure isn't an option. When it is... Like, there's a MMA fighter who I, I, I love the way he... It's kind of, uh, in a way, I'm sort of paraphrasing an interview I saw him do where he was talking about being an MMA fighter and combat sports where he was saying... I always say to fight fight it always annoys me when i get fight as young fighters coming to me saying oh um failure isn't an option he's like failure is always an option in fact it is a more constant option than any other option out there it like follows you the only way you can deal with it is by embracing it and realizing that when it does happen that you learn from it and try your best to make sure it doesn't happen again
2: failure is failure is a motivation
1: yeah Exactly, yeah. The motivation is to not... Yeah, exactly, because all aspects of the web series I'm working on is that I'm saying to people, look, um, we don't need to have the attitude of we're going to make the best thing in the world.
2: Just we... something you're passionate about. Yeah,
1: but I want to, you know, because th- this, is, this is the way I've said to everyone involved in this, is that I don't care... If we if ninety nine percent of the people i don 't think this would happen, but let 's use this as a hypothetical thing if ninety nine percent of the people that, that looked at the Kickstarter when the Kickstarter comes out goes this is this is shit it 's the worst thing i 've ever seen on the face of the earth, you know how dare you even grace us with this thing then if i th- th- I said the only thing that we that anyone should look at whenever they 're making anything is if they can look people dead in the face and go. I'm proud of it. I I I did the hardest. I, I worked the hardest I could on it, and I'm I like I want as long as I can. If we can put something out where we can say we did everything we possibly could to make it as good as we did, and we and we like it, then 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 that that's what matters. It, it matter. the thing that matters is what we think of it, and um, and um, everything else is secondary. And the, then that's the risk you take. But the I point.
2: Mean, it, it's an endless universe. Mm-hmm. You can't be center of it. So just be centre of your own little part and do well
1: there. Hmm. Do I'm say- saying that's the only thing you've got control over is what I was really saying is that the only thing you've got a control over is making sure you do the best job you can. Everything else, um, everything else is part of the deal. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for saying that because um, I, I, it's something that because you know um, in again in main in main TV media when when I was at university, one of the things they teach you in media whenever you do media studies or something. Is they say that you should never put a negative word in a title, um, which is why I did that because I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah. Um, you know, because yeah. So if someone if you put failure in the thing, and um, people always would say, oh, it's a connotation of a negative thing, which means they won't watch it because it has the word failure in it, which is like ridiculous to me. I would say if I saw a series that had the word failure in it, I'm going, oh, that's interesting. Like they're, they're actually dealing about the actual dreaded thing, failure. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to say because we touched on this earlier, and I was trying to find it. Interestingly, is that that was the uh, the mirror thing that uh, I said that um, she drew, which we're going to probably fill something with. You know, it had a very. It reminded me of like Cinderella or something. Um, had the sort of Cinderella. Was it, was it Cinderella or was it, um,
0: um, Snow, it was White? Snow, Snow, Snow White? Snow White. Sorry, Snow yeah. White. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, mate, God, I can't believe I got that wrong. Um, but yeah. Um, the final thing I wanted to ask you because I know you have to go is um is is because uh, yeah I, I, I was I was like, going to wrap this up about half an hour ago and then we got talking about something really much more fun um, is obviously huge thank you for being involved in the series um, I say we, we touched on it much m- more than enough um, is I just wanted to ask you because um, your cat actually is lying lying to the to the one right of, to your right yeah one of your cats there was several there's a couple who we went past um, I guess the thing I wanted to end on and this is like the only set question I had in mind when I want when I asked you on is that um, why Tony Cat?
2: Well, it started out because it's uh, my first name and the first three letters of my second name, Tony Mm -hmm. Cat. Okay. Uh, But then it somehow just fit. Um, My parents chose one name, I chose this one, and I've actually been Tony Cat for longer than I've known my boyfriend. Oh, cool. 12 years. So I've been Tony Cat like forever on the internet. And you said that. And it's well, kind of am- ambiguous. You, yeah, you can't be sh- quite sure. What is this? Is this some kid? Is this a girl? Is this a boy? Uh, it's it's a bit of a cartoony name. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, who don't want to be a cartoon character?
1: Exactly. Yeah, and it's like a, so. You know, you could be like a superhero. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. And um, and but also, it's just it's always it's always really cool to have like an alias, and that's yeah. kind of really what it is. Um, and, you know, and
2: it, it's it's like the identity of the artistic side of me.
1: Yeah, because um, I, is it fair is it fair to say that cats like a, a running theme for you to some degree? Yeah, I, I um,
2: could say that. Yeah, cats a lot of a theme.
1: But no, I mean cats are cool. So no, totally. Which is why I guess um, I never thought of it when I first asked you to be involved. But when I said like, and that was in the script. I was I didn't just make it up when I was talking to you. But um, Chloe was. I, I, that was in one of the very early drafts of that yeah. she thought Catwoman was misrepresented. And the reason I wrote that at the time was because it was. Um, I just was reminded of the, the Catwoman f- film, which is like one of the worst films I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's
2: so sad because she's a cool character.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was, that was why I wrote it that way because I was thinking if someone. A female, a,
2: female characters yeah. are often underplayed to kind of uh, position the male
1: hero yeah exactly yeah and they're always portrayed the way a male would want them to be yeah. seen rather
2: it than often, what a woman they're often a lot more sexualised than mm. females see themselves
1: I mean but yeah that, I mean that, like the Catwoman cat it wasn't just I mean that was obvious that's what they were trying to do but it was just such a poorly made film in general that um, it, it's quite rightly one of the worst films ever made um, You know, it, it gives Street Fighter a one for its money um, and <laughs> um, <laughs> uh but there you go but yeah so um i it was that that i remember thinking of because i was thinking of like the the raspberry awards or whatever it's called where they give the worst the worst like the equivalent of the, the like the opposite to the oscars yeah. and Halle berry went and accepted it cuz she said like i deserve this award and i'm i'm ashamed to be part of it <laughs> which is funny yeah, yeah, so
2: Brian Reynolds could go there for Green Lantern.
1: Yes, that's true. But I mean, he's in de- he's Deadpool now, isn't he? He's so, is Deadpool. That's awesome. Um, I love so, that yeah. movie. So yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's other stuff. But I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll I'll, I'll have you you're welcome on again. We'll talk about some other stuff, and obviously, and if the series gets made, we'll be obviously asking you for your services again. So. Oh, feel um, free. So yeah, thank you so much for doing that. It was really nice of you. Um, and uh, like I say, I was impressed. So, um, you know, obviously keep doing it. But it sounds like, well, I, it, it, it's what's nice about that is I usually say that to people who are doing it as a job. But for you, it's just a passion. So you're going to do it regardless of me saying that, which is nice. Um, So yeah, just in terms of that thing you said you were doing the Dungeon Keeper thing for, what was that? Can you just say where that where that was again? Just so people can... Um... And do you know when that's coming out? Or are they using are they using your pictures already? Or...
2: I'm not sure when the pictures are coming on. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's Team Awesome Face on Twitch. Ah, yes. Okay, I do know them. Yeah, Uh, and uh, they have this great cast of characters, and they have like ten videos out on YouTube now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vallas Call is the name of the group. Okay. Um.
1: Do they play like a role-playing game?
2: Yeah, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's Dungeons. And And they just
1: film them playing it, basically.
2: Yeah. Okay. So it, it's like uh, they are um, Skype calling, and so they they've got everyone on each their cameras. So All right. So it's like their own technical difficulties. So it's stuff. like their own
1: version of um, of the Will Wheaton thing. The, the yeah. um, critical role. So um, um, I've been. Mean, I, you know what it is. I am ashamed that I'm. Re- I, I like. I never. I was excited when they were doing that. I've only just got round to. I've watched the first two episodes of that and I, I'm, I really like it, so...
2: I'm, I'm um, obsessed with Dungeons & Dragons mm. because it's it's a lifelong passion and when they asked me to do their characters, I saw it as a really big compliment because it's um, as personal for them as it is for me.
1: I always thought the coolest thing that the Guild ever did because I have Munchkin, actually, like, I can see, that, see it in my apartment right now, is that when the Guild did the, their own... Um, Booster cards for, yeah. for Munchkin. I was that like, was awesome. insanely jealous. Um, I was like, that, that's the, one of the perks. Also, um, uh, one of the games I like, Smash Up, where you could actually get all the geeks from Geek and Sundry. Like, Will was part of it and stuff. That Like, it was their own faction. I but love that, Tabletop. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I went uh, and supported every time there was an opportunity to. Yeah, play.
1: I'm part of a, 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 a fairly big, like, the I'd say probably say the biggest board game club in Newcastle. I don't know of another one. Um, and we celebrate tabletop every year. So um, we'll... I
2: I only have Settlers of Catan at the moment because I don't really have a lot of people to play with.
1: Oh, it's such so, a shame! Uh... If you were if you if you were here, you'd be welcome at our board game club, and I'm sure you'd make a lot of friends. Um, but I but to be honest, I don't have much either. Like a lot of the stuff that's on my bench right now behind my computer is um, I, I, uh, some of them are stuff that I get given because I'm fortunate in that regard that people give me like prototypes of stuff or send me, like, um, you know, for like, uh, uh, I guess, uh, pre-order, st- like, uh, uh, test-y, test versions and stuff. Um, and the stuff that are my own games are just stuff that I got that um, I liked. I would love to have more of them, but because i'm part of a board game club and i met all my friends through that i don't need to buy anymore i don't need to buy any versions because i just they've got everything like i have a friend who's like as passionate as board games he's got like 600 yeah. board games or something in his house so like i'm going to his house actually today actually later today um because yeah. it's like a regular thing every Thursday night and um you know it's like we don't need to go anywhere because like it's just he's like board game geek <laughs> he's like his own board game geek in his vault just goes in and goes what game would you like to play today and he's like chances off. i see a game that's fairly recently you be like yeah i've got that and it's like gonna wrap and paper or like nicely looked after because <laughs> he's I very love
2: when i work with kids in a youth club because there was every game there and there was always someone to play with oh uh, yeah that was awesome i
1: actually um got a lot of praise for and i'm actually i just actually was updating my linkedin while while um, waiting waiting to do this and um, one of the things I incorporated into youth work was for was uh, was that as uh, I I encouraged them to play like Settlers of guitar and and um, uh, yeah it's, and it was a really good success because they were like wow I'm, we've never seen like we always get them to play like monopoly or or or, or something and I'm like well that's the reason it's because you're making them pick a game that's that's just badass dull. And,
0: oh, I, I'm uh,
2: going to say one more thing uh, about why I like this. Job I did for that. Yeah, okay, go for it. Um, I, I worked in a youth club at a time. I was very lucky. I got a job as a LARPing instructor for 140 kids.
1: Oh, yeah, you said that,
2: yeah. You yeah. said that earlier, yeah. Uh, so, with kids doing all the different races and building <sighs> a society and different cities mm-hmm. and uh, economy and <sighs> stuff like that. And the, the really great thing about it was that I had a leader who uh, realized that there's a lot of pedagogy in uh, Mm laughing, because uh, you can take kids and put them in an entirely different situation than their life situation Mm -hmm. so you can take someone who is uh, being bullied and you can make them the ruler of the kingdom you can take someone who might have a few effects from being one of the popular kids and you can let them try out being the beggar Mm. and this actually changes the way they look at each other Mm. when you change their roles that's, uh, such
1: a very, that's a very good point, yeah, very powerful point. If and that, something... that
2: thing about uh, role-playing Dungeons & Dragons, whether it's pen or paper, or it's LARPing, or it's theater, or if it's movies, mm-hmm. the thing about trying to put on another character than your own, everybody should do that.
1: Mm-hmm no no to- i i couldn't agree more and um you're making me think of examples of friends i've known that i've either encouraged to be part of it or or just try it i've said if you don't like it just you know don't you don't need to come back and uh uh or people who you know because the radio show we do we try to make it like it's it's uh, funded it's a community project so it's funded through through various like f- funds in, in in the in england and um, I, I gave an example of there was a guy who had, you know, he's got post traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. and he has terrible anxiety, and he's a really good friend of mine now. He's actually working on the web series, and because uh, he, um, he's, he, um, graphic does graphic design, so he's like helping out with some of the designs, and and uh, I use him as an example whenever we talk about it in meetings, where I go. He, if you've listened to the first show he did around about a year ago, he was like stuttering and he was really nervous and you could tell he was sort of petrified to, to, to try anything. And now he's sort of co-host with me because I've sort of very slowly, you know, I'm not, I, I told him I wasn't taking the, the credit for him, but I was doing deliberate things through my training and everything, just making sure I like didn't do too much too soon because you don't throw people in the deep end with stuff like that, especially when they've got an actual disorder. And uh, just slowly giving them more and more confidence to do things and just saying, you know, I would say to them like, okay, right, I'm going to, you know, you, I'm, you, when I'm going to do this and, and they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I think you can do it. And just giving them the the okay because, you know, I guess I'm fortunate that because of my experience and the amount of stuff that I do, people kind of look up to me in that regard. So I can kind of give them such, it's really nice to say, but I think i would say my advice to people listening to this if you think if you want to give your word to people don't give your word to everybody like don't say everybody's good because it devalues what you it devalues your opinion um so i never say anyone's good unless i mean it which is why if people aren't on my podcast it's because i I either am not interested uh, well it's it, it has to be something very very unique for me not to be interested in it um but yeah, it's just because like I gave her the example earlier and I didn't name names, it's just that the people need to be more respectful of how they ask to be on. Um uh, in a nice way. Um and uh, it's not rocket science, it's just um just no, be nice, just, just be nice.
2: Um, common and Tony platform.
1: did uh, just to just to be honest with us too. Tony didn't even ask. I said like I, I wanted to know more about her. Um obviously we've been talking behind the scenes about being involved in the series and I just was like I want to know more about what you do and how you and being living in Denmark and everything, so I I know more. What's cool about it when we have more conversations? I'm sure we will about the series, even just updating you on how it's going. Is um, I'll be like, oh, I feel like I know you a little bit better, which is really, which is really, really awesome. So, so thanks for doing this. I know it's like, it, it, I know it's like a conventional like. Yeah, like I
2: think it's fun, it's planned. my first podcast
1: ever Oh cool, well how did you uh, Did you find it painless? I'm hoping you did
2: Oh um, I, I think it's very nice It's like just having a conversation with a Good friend mm. and I mean I know from London That we would be able to talk to each other Yes
1: and oh that's why it was a real sort of um, When we when we finally like When we were like talking in the laws and the music <laughs> <laughs> And um, I was like oh I had a few I, I was like oh it's a shame I thought I could have really got on with her and uh and uh i thought yeah that that was what was sort of disappointing and and also like just i never really got the opportunity to talk to anna because anna was very very sweet with me so um anna
2: is really sweet but she was so busy when she was in london yeah i know yeah um... i had no idea that
1: was kind of what her, what her plans were but i mean in then oh. fair, in fairness i i i was okay with that because um it was that that I, at that weekend we I, we were there for 5 days i was i was going to bring that up with um I was going to bring that up with what you said about living in busy cities. I got next to no sleep there because of how loud London Boy. was. And I got Boy. sick on the Friday, uh, the, the, like the, the Thursday and the Friday before the, the convention. I got really sick. Um, like just like unbelievably exhausted, like energy sapping sick. Not like... You know, sick, sick, as in physically sick. But I just was like exhausted. That I felt like I hadn't slept, uh, like slept in days, and I just spent a day in bed trying to sort of. I felt really bad to Wayne who I brought with me. it was like you gonna have to do anything for it. Yes, yeah, so it was a really hectic week weekend. So I, I don't. I'm not bothered that she said. That. I, mean, I was not bothered that she had that. But um, she was oh, busy because no, I was I was like too.
2: Everyone is. Uh, it was my first comic con ever as well. So I was. Oh like, really? I know, uh, Yeah. I, I've dreamed about going to a comic con since I was a teenager, and this is—that oh, was to be really cool I, for you.
1: Was it what you expected then?
0: Uh,
2: it was better. Oh, cool! It was better. I mean, it's the biggest commercialism one. commercialism about it, but yeah. I don't really care because yeah. I want to buy all the stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I—I I, I guess I—I—I I, I know, know what you're saying. I would just say if you went to conventions. As often as I do, you start to really resent it <laughs> um
2: it, it, it's like that with everything because mm-hmm. there's this um how full you are of anything mm-hmm. and uh it, it's like uh, music festivals mm-hmm. oh like, yeah I know what you mean yeah that's yeah. a good
1: that's a good point yeah but if you, you you're saying like if you go to music conventions all the time, like you'll eventually get go to a convention and yeah. go, I'm just sick of this, it's too
2: it's too much. much it's the same thing all yeah. the time and none of the bands sounds like it, everything sounds the same and, I, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: and I'm like 50 rows away from them I'll probably be more
2: yeah
1: like Glastonbury I have no idea why people go there like it just sounds horrible to me Um, the idea of like being in a mud infested pit and being like you know spending a fortune going there and sleep sleeping in I, tents I've and been stuff.
2: to three musical festivals in my oh, life I've... and two of them I've got sick enough that I had to go home oh god yeah so uh, I'm not really a
1: ge- I'm not really a germaphobe, but like that, that, that I, makes I me like think music,
2: that. But living in mm. an igloo tent for a week just isn't me anymore. I'd rather go larping.
1: I I, I couldn't agree more, and and also if you're going to go to music, and I know that I'm like I'm an acoustic guy, but I always think going going go going into a bar like a hundred seat a bar or something and listening to a, people playing like a jazz band playing or an acoustic performer or something to me is far more. Musically, musically fulfilling than, than saying a live band player because um, a lot of it, I'm sorry to say, I feel like I'm, I'm I feel qualified to say this is that a lot of it is effects, um, and it's not necessarily that they're great guitar players or anything. It's just that, that it's just a loud, very 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 um, expensive form of technology that makes them. Sound amazing. Um, you, you can do that fairly simply with nec- with very few with, with very you know you could probably do I'd say fifteen lessons and sound fairly decent on an electric guitar with cert- if you added certain effects to it. Um, so yeah, it's it's so when you usually say an acoustic as I always find I always loved as it as an
2: artist. I would say it's like a lot of it is. Twenty-seven thousand versions of Bob Ross, and then once in a while, there's someone with their own style.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just get. I think it just gets harder and harder because again, the accessibility is that you're always sort of like. It's why, like, I mean, it's why I never but you see. Just
2: it. keep on talking. Don't. We? Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I know you. you said. Yeah, I know you said you had like a two and a half hour limit, so I really want to yeah. stop now, so you got some time. Is uh, yeah. So anyway, um, but I, would, I just, I just wanted to end on saying. Um, it's why I always avoid with the web series saying to people I, I, I'm I, not saying it's like 100% an original idea because I don't think any idea that is, is. Um, so yeah uh, which is always interesting but I feel based because it's but I feel it's unique enough because it's going to be based in a place that not a lot of series are made here and um, no
2: one ever had a main character that reminded me of me before
1: oh that's interesting well i'm glad i mean um there's there's a great deal of thought gone into chloe and as um when we advertise for auditions like i said she's really the heart of the show and um i enjoyed writing her the most because she was the most difficult to write for um but i was aware of that being that uh, I, the reason i say that is because she is she is so different to the first draft of, of what she was because I, I would was really aware and conscious of that when guys write for girls, it's what Chuck Law said about in Big Bang Theory whenever he writes female characters, is if you can replace a female character with a plant, then you haven't got a very good female character. Um,
2: you could replace them with a male character. You're probably doing okay.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, she has got a very sort of tomboy approach to it, but um, uh, she will show... Flashes of femin- femininity, but um, I don't know if you've read the script I sent you yet. But um, I've, I've read the script. Oh cool. Well, you, you, I will not say. Will not say the. Um, uh, how, how can we say this without revealing anything? Is the reveal that you're aware of at the end, uh, in regards to Chloe's character, is something I did deliberately to reveal it in the pilot, so then we ignore it the rest of the time. Yeah. To make it not a big deal. Um, I guess as much as I can say without making it obvious. But um, but yeah, so um, that the, the, I deliberately did it that way. And I guess the, the, the advantage I had is that I wrote the 10 episodes first. That's going to be the, the season one. Because they're like 10, 15 minutes web, web, web episodes. Um, so when I came to write the pilot going, I'm going to need a pilot for the Kickstarter. I knew where it was heading. So all the signposting I've done in the pilot, are all going to be stuff that are going to be you know looked into when the se- hopefully if the series gets made, um, but I, I feel really like as I say, if we just do a good job, um, I think that this the, the 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 it's been I'm not just saying this because I'm hugely grateful. Like about like 99 of people who've read the script, it's been universally like praised. So that yeah, that's like really overwhelmingly nice. So um if the script's good it and we film it right i don't how can we can't really go wrong uh in terms of people being interested the only thing then that we need to worry about is making sure enough people see it on the internet but hopefully for people like yourself who are kind enough to help promote it that'll hopefully um gain an audience um that's the plan we'll do
2: our best no of course yeah
1: of course yeah and i'll obviously um i'm gonna probably talk to some of the um like uh like Allison is, isn't it who runs the sort of team home and geek and sundry side of things um, to see if she'll sort of help out with it as well because I'm sure she'll be a good yeah influence. I thought about
2: mentioning it in team human as well because uh, mm. nice yeah I know
1: I know um, I know. Allison, yeah. uh, uh, Allison like she was very instrumental in getting, uh, um, getting questions for Ryan and stuff like that so um, I feel I feel like um, she'd be more than willing to so um, but again I, I'm grateful for any help really so you know. and as I, say, as I say just a good way to end um, is to for, to for anyone who's interested in, and obviously I hope you enjoyed this episode uh, with Tony Cat aka uh, Katharina Kat- Jorgensen um, is a real name but obviously you can find her on Flickr which I recommend you go on which is how she originally showed Showed off her talents, so then I asked that to be involved. So I encourage you to go on Flickr. Just type in Tony Cat, you'll find it. Uh, she's also on Twitter, which is at Tony Cat, as well as Facebook as well. Um, so if you want to check out our stuff, I encourage you to do so. Are um, oh, you got a Twitch account or anything?
2: Yeah, I've got a Twitch account. That's Tony Cat as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, I thought it was. I was just double checking. But yeah, so yeah, she's also on, on Twitch as well. Um, she's very kind enough to watch our channel some of the time whenever I get round to doing it. I
2: spend it. a lot of time on Twitch. I don't stream very regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I do, it's some kind of do it yourself or creative
1: Yeah, didn't you do? Don't you do like? It? Yeah, because I was gonna. I, that was something I forgot to ask you. It's just about uh, You do like a crafting thing? Doesn't? Isn't it like a crafting yeah, stuff? Yeah, uh,
2: I've I've uh, shown how to do a pattern and.
1: That's really. Stitch, in, that's...
2: stitch a t-shirt and how to do a.
1: Again, being different.
2: Viking necklace. Uh, oh yeah, you said you do like sort of yeah. vik.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's really fun. Uh, well, you never know if we need to, if we need a if we need a if we need a silly dress as well. I might, you know, if you if you might be kind enough to do any tailoring stuff. I we, can we, definitely help you out. With we might, fashion, at least, yeah, because um, obviously something that again sort of revealing, sort of behind the scenes stuff. With it being an independent project, we're very careful to not bridge any copyright. Um, so we're going to not like have any sort of logoed logoed attire. Um, so probably with Chloe being a bit a bit. Um, you know sort of creative in that side. she might probably you know it, it, there's nothing to stop enhancing her character to be that she may you know make things every now and again um so well, yeah that'll
2: be fun i can send you a package with surprise uh diy craft get, like
1: um <laughs> get like um tanya's measurements and say we're gonna get some personally made stuff here like out of fabric <laughs> um, because the idea like um, which i'm sure you'll you'll be pleased you'll you'll it sounds like you're similar is chloe's sort of approach to her attire she just wears whatever she wants she doesn't care um uh, which i've often respected with the girls that i've met growing up and um, she's actually loosely based on a girl i met at university um in terms of the i always loved the fact that she just didn't give a shit what people thought about what she wore and stuff which um it just never was a big deal to her like um and I always like really appreciate, really admired that. So, I thought it's a good, it's a good, powerful thing for someone to just not care about what they wear. Um,
2: it's definitely more relaxing that way. Mm.
1: So yeah, I'm so she'll be. So you know, the whole idea is that Chloe in one episode will be wearing like what the guys wear, like a t-shirt and jeans, and then she'll be wearing a nice sort of like summery, geeky dress. Um, and I was basically said to Tanya because she was like oh what do I bring to the audition like what do I bring to the recording I'm like just bring a whole wardrobe of different things and we'll figure it out um uh, but yeah I'm excited um but yeah I'm doing rehearsals so I'm hoping all goes well in a couple of days um
2: but
1: my uh, fingers crossed for you. Yeah, it's it, it, well I'll say obviously, I've prepped unbelievably well, so there you go. Uh but yeah, so a huge thank you to Tony Cat. As I say, Pete I do encourage you to follow her on obviously Twitch and various other things. Uh and a uh, huge thank you for coming on, it's a really pleasure And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you i I'll talk to you soon. I'll update you about the series and whatnot. But yeah, huge thank you to huge thank you for being on um yeah that pretty much covers it for episode 106 of the podcast if you are listening to this on itunes and she's giving a wave like we'll wave yeah we'll wave for the video version and uh, yeah so if you are listening to this on itunes please do us a huge favor and subscribe and if you really want to do us a huge favor and you really like what we really like what we've done if you want to leave a comment on itunes uh, page as well that would be very nice of you and um, but to, to subscribe is more than enough um, you can also listen to this if you don't if you don't have if you're not on itunes obviously we put this on the web website so you can listen to it through that and uh obviously we're on twitch and on twitter on twitter at geek underscore apocalypse in terms of the series i should mention um lftf series on on um on twitter we've just started the account a couple of days ago and um, so if you want to Follow that, you'll find out more about the series we just talked about. um But yeah, uh, that's it for episode 106. Hope you had a great time. And uh, I'll end the podcast like always, oh, end in the words of the great B movie robot Josh Crash and Burn. And we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Ballers podcast. Thanks,
0: guys. Bye. Feel free to say bye if you want. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right.